Hi. Hi. My name's Xavier. I'm Allison. And this is Housewives Theory. Welcome back. Welcome back. We missed you. How are you, BB? It's good. Us too. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know what that wish was. It made me think of Joe, and I want to be your girl, and oh I'm, triggered. I'm triggered. I'm <laughs> triggered. I like that song. Don't even act like you did I don't. I could have sworn that you liked her you pop culture You could have sworn moment. a lot of things. Okay, well, I guess... <laughs> Maybe I did. I, yeah, I think you did. <laughs> Maybe I like that moment, but who's to say? Let's not place judgment. Anyway, uh, welcome to the podcast. For those of you who are just joining us, uh, this is a Housewives podcast where we talk about all of the good and the bad and the ugly and the in-between about the Ooh. Housewives. And here's how I want you to think about this podcast, okay? Tell me. You're at the airport. Oh, JetBlue has delayed your flight three times. I'm not just speaking from personal experience, though this did happen to me in Philadelphia. My safe word, Brittany Jean, Brittany Jean. <laughs> They've delayed your flight. You're sitting there. You're bored. You're alone. Your phone is running on low. You look to your neighbor. You want to say something, but you don't want to be weird, you know? So you just look at them and you say, you're a broke whore from Hampton University. (laughs) Casual. I don't want to be weird. And they look at you and they say, oh my God, I love the Real Housewives of Potomac. And you realize I have a friend. No, they look at you and they say, and that's why we took a trip to Sing Sing. (laughs) (laughs) And you realize in that moment, you have just found a friend. Now, this could be a friend for until the plane takes off. This could be a forever friend, but no matter what, this is your housewife friend, and we are your housewife's friends, and we're on this journey together, and we're just so happy that you're here. Welcome. For us, Real Housewives, it's not a guilty pleasure. It's not no regular Harley. It's a pink Harley. <laughs> it's indulgence. It is bleach blonde <laughs> hair in the wind, honey. On my way to a divorce, who's to say? <laughs> When you're with us, your family. No, <laughs> God is doing an Olive Garden plug. Sponsor us Olive Garden, tracks, honestly. We're a walking commercial. We definitely just ate Italian. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Alice and I are both television writers in Los Angeles. So when we talk about these women, we talk about them like they are characters. We talk about them in terms of arc, in terms of character development, pros, cons, flaws, peaks, valleys. We mention it all. Is it a sickness? Quite possibly. <laughs> Mind your business. <laughs> Actually, mind our business and keep listening. Thank you. Or join in. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't have anything nice to say, come sit next to me. <laughs> Today's episode is Real Housewives of Orange County Season 5. Already. Five seasons in. I know. That's wild. I promise we won't do this for every single Orange County season. It just I can't make that promise. I <laughs> I felt the weight of Orange County season five. Listen, so I, I can't believe we're here. It aired from November 5th, 2009 to March 11th, 2010. So we are moving along. Yes. I'm in community college in Corona at this point. I'm still just a little baby, soft and supple. Oh my God. <laughs> I hate you. You know what's interesting about being five seasons into Orange County too is like the way that it can continue to make the blueprint yes I was really impressed by that this season and we'll talk about it more here in a moment has so many standard housewife isms Mm -hmm. that I was like oh Orange County really was leading the way in a lot of ways that I maybe don't give it credit for sometimes I think because in terms of likability compared to other franchises I don't give it that credit you're right but Every single housewife on this roster brought it this season. Yeah. Every single person we had a earned vow, their damn We had check. a vow renewal. <laughs> we had a gang up. Like we, there were like lots of little different things that we'll come to see a lot more later that happened here. Yes. Divorces. Listen. Oh God. Lots of Jesus talk. Jesus take the wit. Here I am singing. <laughs> Listen, we've talked about how I always sing on these episodes. I don't know why. He's comfortable. 
Should we get into taglines? Let's do it. Gretchen. I'm smart. I'm sexy. I'm confident. Of course people are going to talk about me. Vicky. I love my family. I love my work. I love my life. Woohoo! Gina. Money is a girl's best friend. And I love friends. Alexis. Am I high maintenance? Of course I am. Look at me. Lynn. It's not about how much money you have. It's about how good you look spending it. Tamara, housewives come younger, but they don't come hotter. First of all, <sighs> A, it's worth mentioning that Tamara is the center orange. Yes, deserved. Second, we'll discuss that later. Mm. Second, I'm just kidding. Maybe. <laughs> I have decided. Second, I have. Second, <laughs> how dare you? You got to say two. I have kind of two favorites, and you got to say them both. Oh, really? Yeah, I hate you for it a little bit. Okay, well. I'm basking in the glory. For those who have been a longtime listeners, Allie and I always alternate who the order in which we say the tagline. So it's kind of fun for us to see like whose tagline we're going to get to say each episode. Yeah. Do you want to know my faves? I am ready. Okay. So my two favorites, and I will narrow it down to one, <laughs> were Gina's and Lynn's. Oh, okay. And I'm going to give number one to Lynn simply for the fact that it was there all season. Genus was only there for three episodes. I'm going to give it to Lynn simply for the fact that it was juxtaposed against her storyline of being (laughs) evicted from her home. But also, Lynn's delivery is so good. It is The way she delivers that tagline, A++. And I think that's also why I love Genus. The tagline itself is not great. But the way she delivers it, I'm just always like... It "Hmm." is good. So Lynn's is your favorite? No, I have to say my favorite is Alexis's. (gasps) Because I think... Alexis's. Sorry, the way I just gasped. I know. (laughs) I don't know what it is. I think it's her accidental delivery of it it literally slaying in the delivery. Delivery can make or break. But she doesn't even know. I can. There's no way she knew how good this tagline was when she said it. And yet here we are. And yet here we are. Oh, it's so, it's so good. I also love it because. The look at me is really like, look at me. I I was hoping I channeled it well. You you really did. You delivered it so well. I just wanted a compliment. Thank you. (laughs) You're like, thank you for bringing that up out of nowhere. But. (laughs) Alexis, for me, her tagline complimented her storyline so much. And just who she was, like, she was a lot of pomp and circumstance and air and talking. But when it came to, like, the high maintenance, Orange County-isms, the plastic surgery, she was very upfront about that. Yeah. Not a lot about a lot of other things in her life, but definitely about that. So that's why Listen, I love we'll that tagline. We'll get into that. Yeah, we we'll get, get into, into that. that. I love that. I appreciate I wasn't expecting that, and I appreciate it. Yes, I did, too. Good us. Okay, so the game or the main stories of the season, because there certainly are stories. Oh my God. A lot happened this year. I, I can't even wrap my head around it. The biggest thing that sticks out to me is kind of the love triangle, the love hate triangle that was Vicky, Tamara, and Simon. Love that. that yes. I, that story kept me fed. Like it, like I was so into it. It was so interesting. It was so complicated. And there were like, so many different sides and at certain points I would relate to one person at other points I would relate to another and never ever did I ever relate to Simon yes. but like it, like Tamara and Vicky were going and keeping me so into it Vicky when she said at the party when she was like he doesn't like that I know too much Ooh. about Simon <gasps> oh like so good chills yes I have the fucking ch- what is what is, I have the freaking chills but her little accent yeah. on I have the freaking chills it might be fucking I, I have the fucking chills yeah. oh chills is the important let's part let's not bring her up Jesus <laughs> what's your safe word <laughs> anything but Whitney Rose <laughs> Okay, other main stories. So that's a big one that stands out to me. And of course, Gina leaving the show. Yes. Vicky and Don fighting for their marriage. Yes. And seeing them like 
work at it and that'll be interesting to discuss yes. the dissolution this kind of goes into the love love hate triangle but the di- dissolution of Tamara and Simon's marriage mm-hmm. um surprisingly some Lynn Gretchen action oh. that I kind of forgot about and it's even more confusing the second time that we watch it's it it's interesting I'm very curious on your thoughts when we get there but yeah so those are some of the big things that were happening and you know Again, this was happening like similar to last episode during the recession. So that's still kind of a backdrop. And I find that it's more prominent in Orange County seasons than it is in like an Atlanta or in a New York. Like you feel it in those seasons, but it feels like Orange County was hit really hard. Or at least they talked about it more, made it an element of the show more than the other cities because like Tamara owing more on her house than it's worth or Gina needing to sell a house in order to keep her own home or Vicky being the only one unaffected. We're going to Italy. Like it it was just really interesting. I found dare I say Gretchen and Slade just throwing that in there. Both of them (laughs) on a plate. They don't work. Nobody works. I I tried to avoid it at all costs. Um, But yeah, that's it. I think my theory on why we felt it so much more in the recession, obviously, besides the editing, but Orange County is so much more, even though it's like a city, it's so much more suburby to me than so many of these other franchises. And as someone who lived close to Orange County during the recession, I remember that so many careers around me were centered around real estate, and that was definitely one of the first things and to go. And that market just like boom, right? And I think that N- not boom tanked. Yes, and I and I feel like one of the things that you kind of get to do when you get out of college in Orange County, but don't quite know where your life is going. You could make a go of it. And even in Corona, you could make a go of it as a real estate agent, but you don't really have a falling back point, especially for a lot of these women. So I think that was the big thing. They didn't really have a plan B. A lot of people didn't, but especially these women. Mm, That makes sense. Should we talk about the women? Let's talk about the women. I kind of think we should. I, I really think we should just jump in. I think we should start with Vicky. I knew you were going to say that. Yeah. Well, I'm I, with that. I started to say Tamara, but I think Vicky will lead into Tamara naturally. Vicky is in almost every single storyline, so it's only right that we start with Victoria. Yes. So she's going to be a big segment. Victory. Yes. Uh, okay. Vicky. So one little thing similar to last week's episode when I was talking about how Nini and Dwight were such a good opener for the season. I felt the exact same seeing Vicky and Brianna skydive. It was just like such a fun way to open the season. I loved that so much as an opening. I was right back in in such a fun, funny way. And it brought me a lot of joy. I feel like as someone who's super, I'm very uptight with adventure type things like that. As is Victoria Gumbleson. And when she was in the air just crying and then just having <laughs> moments of consciousness of like, I'm in the air, ah, ah, and then getting to the ground. was that, <laughs> I, I'm never doing that again. I'm never doing that again. Off the bucket list. Check off the bucket list. <laughs> I, I loved them being in the air. And the instructor that who was with her was like, so what do you think? And her being like, I'm too scared to think. <laughs> I'm I love too scared that. to think. Because normally people are like, this was so transformative. And it's like, no, sh- this she was is like, actually. No, one and done. What? <laughs> call me Kimberly. I, I loved that. And I loved Brianna being like, hey, I jumped last month when she walked Do you up. remember me? <laughs> I she's love her so, so much. She's so funny. I really do. Um, so this season for Vicky, this was a big Vicky season. I mean, every season's kind of a big Vicky season. Yeah. But this season especially, off of la- the heels of last season where her and Don were really having a hard time. This season, you see them better than we've ever seen them, Mm -hmm. really putting in the steps to rebuild their marriage, Mm -hmm. which is going to become an interesting thing that 
is kind of going to become like a housewives trope of what something looks like maybe when it actually isn't working, but you want to change the perception of it. But more on that here in a minute. Um, so it was interesting to watch them kind of rebuild their marriage, so to speak. Yeah. It was interesting seeing her cope with Brianna's health struggles. Yeah. That was, I obviously knew it was coming, but I, I don't know. Every time, I just, I love that family Me a lot. Too. Like, I love Brianna. I love Vicky. I love Dawn. So I get so invested. So it was, that was hard to watch. And just to know that that journey is far from over. Mm-hmm was interesting to see. And then, of course, her dynamics within the group and with the other women. We continue to see her <laughs> friendship with Tamara yes. and how that is really put to the test in very real ways this year. It's not just like petty stuff. It's like real life drama. Mm-hmm. And then her dynamic with Simon, which isn't great, as well as her dynamic with Gina we see more of. And we kind of see how that comes to a close as Gina leaves the show and her dynamic with Alexis. Which leads to an iconic moment of the season, which we'll jump into. But yeah, so like, what were your thoughts on Vicky this year? I loved Vicky 1.0. I loved Vicky this season. I Do we think you, this is still 1.0? Yes. Okay, great. This is still 1.0. I think that in the, either next season or the following season, we transition to another. I gotta you know, say, your Vicky love has lasted way longer than I anticipated, and so I'm shook. Same. I think that Vicky was, for the most part, most of the season, I'm going to say until Alexa started having a voice with the women, still top dog. But what I loved was her family. Her strength is her family. Dawn, you and I can watch hours of Dawn content. Dawn and his unexplained scar on his face during his <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, did you fall? I, I'm so tired of your damn tank. <laughs> And her like fussing over, I love that Shire house so much, but her fussing over the fridge not being clean, over, you know, hosing off this and Don doing that and Don not that, and then them having the shots of Patron, the Caliente sign. That I want, I want that. It's (laughs) the fact that that Caliente sign in their kitchen island just stays there for years. Yeah. Heaven. Also her thanking him for not making her become a lesbian. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I also do, uh, I know we're going to get into... Vicky and Don in due time, but I really enjoyed seeing her triangle with Simon and Tamra. It was the best part of the season for me, too. I say this with caution. I'm not as anti-Simon as you are. And I know that that's going to, this is Housewives Theory, so I get to have my theories. Of course. Of course. I can react to them. And I need a moment. I think the reason that Vicky and Don's relationship extended for a couple more years is because of Simon. Okay. So here's. What What do you mean? I'm. I'm interested. Yes. Let's go in because this is a big part of the season for me. So rewind to wherever you want to go to. So let's backtrack to this love triangle that Xavier and I keep referring to. So Love hate triangle. (laughs) It's a love hate triangle. Tamara (laughs) and her husband Simon have been going through it. They're very clearly not a good match from day one. Simon is very controlling. Tamara is kind of finding this new version of herself with the show. She's also finding a new version of herself in her friendship with Vicky. And Vicky... Hashtag second wave feminist icon, obviously. Vicky is literally like, you don't have to be unhappy. You don't have to be controlled. You can still be a good mother and do what you want. And sadly, this is like revolutionary news to Tamara. But they're such good friends. It's almost like they're sisters right away. Simon gets very, very angry at this because he feels like their marriage problems are directly related to Vicky. So Simon, at a certain point off camera, 
almost bans Tamara from seeing Vicky. Their friendship has to kind of move away from each other. We know that during this time as well, even though Vicky and Tamara are talking about Tamara and Simon's marriage, we find out offhand through Simon that Don has been calling him as well, upset about his marriage with Vicky. This is a little bit later in the season. So we know that there's just a lot of marriage crosstalk. And I think that Vicky saw in Tamara's failing marriage her future. And I think that because Simon was so awful and so terrible to Tamara, Vicky was like, I have such a nice guy. I'm going to have to make it work. I don't doubt that she loves him. Maybe she wasn't in love with him. I don't doubt the same thing of Dawn with Vicky, even though I feel like he was more into her than she to him. But I think that it's thanks to Simon we got to have that Turks and Caicos moment. I don't think unprompted, not seeing her future in a friend's failing marriage, I don't think unprompted they would have renewed their vows. Interesting. I don't know that I agree. I think that's giving Simon a lot of credit. Take your sip. Yes, sip, sip. I don't know that I agree because I think if anything, for me, I think it was more influenced by the perception from season four of her and Dawn by the audience. Okay. So let, And Simon sure can maybe be a proxy for that, but I, I think that's a lot to give to Simon. But I do hear you and I don't fully disagree, I guess. Yeah. But I don't fully agree either. I think that audience wise, that's definitely a factor. I think it's, I guess, less Simon as an individual and more the marriage, the marriage. with him and Tamara. Yeah, I hear that. It's interesting because we also see Simon a lot throwing Vicky and Don's marriage in Tamara's face too in kind of like a reverse way it's so nasty it's so Don would never do that it's just Simon was not this is why I have trouble defending him in any capacity or giving him any sort of credit just because it's so what's so interesting about this season is we're seeing in real time Tamara really kind of come into her own and realizing that she is not in a good marriage and it's probably not a place that she should stay Mm And but in that you also see the ways in which Simon kind of manipulates her into like Absolutely. like when they have when there's the big blow up between Simon, Tamara, and Vicky at Lynn's party and they're outside at the bar. And Simon and Vicky to refresh have like this fight because they haven't really seen each other a lot up until this point. And it's the first time where Simon's being like, well, we wouldn't have a problem if you stay out of our marriage. And Vicky's like, I'm not, I'm not in your marriage. Right. Like, I was brought into your marriage, if anything, by, you know, my friend, like I'm not in it. You know, I, I know things. And what you said earlier of like Vicky maybe knows too much. And then, so at one point, Simon storms away when Tamara is still talking with Vicky outside. And then Tamara eventually goes after him and she's trying to console him outside. And he says to her, in reference to Vicky, she just doesn't like the fact that we're happy. When clearly anyone who is watching the show right now can see that they aren't happy. He says that so many times and it's so embarrassing. Because even if there's privately at home, Tamara is a different person, which we've heard this about her in real life. She's very different on show versus off show. But even if she was completely different at home, those two were not happy. And you can see it. And it's weird for him to double down on that. It's almost like he thinks if he says it enough, it will come true. And it just makes him look worse. It's hard to watch, frankly. I feel like I agree. And I feel like we really got to go through the timeline of the season with Vicky, Tamara, and Simon. So, you know, as 
already stated, I think Ali said this, when we come into the season, you realize that things have happened in between the seasons and off camera in regards to how they kind of feel about the other. And Vicky and Simon are not in a good place with each other. And Tamara is very much caught in the middle. Mm -hmm. Like Simon is her husband who clearly doesn't like Vicky because Vicky does know a lot of things because Tamara vents to Vicky as you do with a girlfriend. And because of Tamara venting to Vicky and Vicky knowing, you know, some real tea, Vicky doesn't like Simon. Like, because Vicky is very, you know, as Ali said, second wave feminist. Yes. Incredible. But like, she's not going to let someone just like walk all over her. So she's also not going to stand for her friend being walked all over by a partner. Like, that's just not who Vicky is. And also not defending her after Tamara has told Vicky so much compromising information about their marriage and about how he treats her and how she feels. Because Tamara is famously, she will deny to your face from this day forward. She will deny, if if she calls you a piece of shit, if someone's like, I have you on tape, she'd be like, that wasn't me. She just doesn't ever own up to her stuff. And this is Xavier's biggest gripe with her. She makes me laugh unfortunately so i forgive her a lot more i know it is a huge problem um can't wait for beverly hills but it is one of those <laughs> it is one of those things the nervous where laugh. <laughs> i know i'm like <laughs> um but yeah okay what i wanted to say to that too though to vicky's point is she's also the type of person where i genuinely think if she hears these things from tamra and she doesn't say anything she feels like she's being a bad friend yes you know so that's what makes it interesting but at the same point so i understand vicky in that way like vicky wanting to protect her friend i feel like i'm very similar with my friends like i would want to make sure they were okay but i also understand tamra's point in that like she truly are trying to vent you're in a very tricky situation you're in a marriage that's falling apart and you need your friend's emotional support but you and you kind of want them to stick up for you because you want someone to stick up for you clearly but also there's like a there's it's a gentle dance you know so that's why I found this so fascinating this season and watching Tamara and Vicky navigate that I completely agree and I think that the lighter things about Vicky because she had everything she had every single storyline she had silly storylines she had fun storylines she had heavy storylines she had real storylines but highlights of Vicky I mean the trip that we started the season with, I mean, rent-free in my head. The girl trip with Brianna, with her mom in Incredible. Italy. Oh, that's girl trip number one. So that's family girl trip. Oh, sorry, and then there's proper girl trip. The Italy trip. So it, it was just so funny if I already joked about this, but like, uh, well, it's not funny. I shouldn't say it's funny, but as everyone's dealing with the very real recession, <laughs> yeah. and then they're all like, the only one really unaffected is Vicky. And then we cut to a Vicky scene. We're going to Italy! <laughs> like, it's just so and, and the Vicky continues to rub everyone's face in the fact that she is working and they are not. The reason that she is secure is because they're not working and she is. Yes and no. There were a couple times this season where they really ragged on her in that. Yes. And I'm like, what do y'all want her to do? She has a point. Inviting her to a party at 12 p.m. on a Tuesday. No, that's ridiculous. She's working. <laughs> but it would be, she would also bring it up kind of unprompted during dinners and in confessionals. But I totally agree with you on that front. But it's also like the the Italy trip. Her and, mom in Italy. I oh, was like, Ali's living. I oh, knew. I was like, Ali, this is Ali's like living. I love it. So her mom did not want to be there. She, they they stepped foot. They touched grass in Italy. And she said, I'm ready to go home. And, like, That's an, not a joke. An icon. An, an icon. icon. They could barely fit in the escalator going on the way up. The hotel rooms in Italy are so small. They're like, we paid $535 for this room. Whatever it is. Brianna and Vicky trying to order at the restaurant. Vicky thinking that all of the Italian men and waiters were gonna think she was so cute and she was gonna get like things because of it and they were just gonna help she her like, order and they the were like what girl. <laughs> yes it it really is so funny Hirsch and Brianna shopping in those little shop it is an American's idea of what an Italy trip <laughs> should be 
doing absolutely no research, basically going into the triple A handbook for like, what is an Italy vacation and not actually doing your research. (laughs) It's so funny. It's so good. I loved it so much. Their only like point of really enjoying the show was when they finally got pasta in Italy because they realized like half of Italian food is fish. Well, most of (laughs) Europe, half of the food is fish. That was really funny to me. And her being like, and being like, what kind of wine? She's like, I only drink California Cabernet, whatever it was. And he's like, okay, so what kind of wine do you want? It was so good. But it was she was Orange also, County rich. She was also so funny. She was because she was like, I was trying to tell him that I only drink. I like this in California <laughs> wine. So what? What would I like in a town? Like it was just. She was peak. She I love that trip. Much like uh, last episode, we talked about how I wanted to just see B roll of Nini walking about around Beverly Hills. I want to see B roll of these women walking around Italy and just being like, what is happening? That would be incredible. Oh, it would be so good. But love that trip. Love anytime we get Brianna and Vicky's mom. Another great moment too was. I mean, another trip with the girls. That- we got to talk about this one. <sighs> we got to talk about this one. I feel like we're going to be on the same page. Well, at one point I texted Allie and I was like, I'm currently, I don't think I, I was like, I'm currently watching and I feel rage. Yes, yes. I felt rage because it was so like, I was never more Team Vicky in my entire life I know. than I was just because she planned this trip. Sure, one could say like production planned this trip, whatever the case may be, Vicky was going for a work thing. She invited the other ladies to go along. She exclusively called it a girl's trip. Yes. And before you even knew it, and the thing that really bothered me is they didn't even come to her with it, really. They just made the decision. They probably told production. They were like, both um, Alexis, as we know, who is new this season, and we're just (laughs) meeting her with her husband, Jim. They have a very, very, very conservative and tight marriage, I guess you would say. That's a very nice word for it. I know. I was trying to be. We'll get to that. (laughs) I know. Exactly. We haven't done her her yet, so I didn't want to give too much away. But um, y'all know. You've seen the season. She and Jim are... It's a very controlling marriage, one might say. They Mm -hmm. said that a lot this season at various points. And as do Simon and Tamara. So Simon and Jim both just make the decision like, oh, we're going on the trip. No one consults Vicky. I don't even think anyone really tells Vicky. And suddenly this girls trip now turns into girls plus um, two couples trip. And not only that, you know, Vicky finally like Dawn, because they tried it on a golfing trip. Um, (laughs) A million other places I'd rather be. Jim and Simon tell Dawn, they're like, oh, are you going to go on the trip? And Dawn's like, I wasn't invited on the trip and neither were you. (laughs) Like, (laughs) it's a girl's trip. I am not going on the trip. There's also this funny moment at that same lunch happens where Jim is like, is Vicky going to give us a hard time for going to Florida? And Dawn's like, she's a big girl. She'll figure it out. You'll figure it out. (laughs) And I was like... Oh, yes. Mr. Jim will figure it out. And then so Jim and Simon fly down and go on the trip. Where do they go? Florida, right? Yes. Fort Lauderdale. They're going to Fort Lauderdale. And they arrive. And Vicky's like come to terms. She knows they're coming. She's like, I'm not going to let this ruin my trip. And then as they're sitting, (laughs) out walks Slade Smiley. Uh, who has returned this year and is now dating Gretchen. And Gretchen, it's like burned into my brain when she sees Slade. There's no way she didn't know she was coming. You can't tell me otherwise. And she sees him and she goes, "Ah, as she's like hiding tears. And that's when Vicky was like, oh. Disassociating. Seriously. And I understand because now the majority of the women on the trip are with partners. Yes. And the only other woman on the trip who was unmanned was Lynn, who might as well have been. Her partner was her medication on that trip because she had just had surgery. Her partner was her oxy. She was so out of it. The she had just had a Lynn had just had a facelift, and she looked like she had just had a facelift. She was on very heavy pain medication. Was instructed not to do a lot or not to move a lot. So she gets on a plane, goes to this very active girl strip where you're drinking and you're not supposed to be drinking on your medication. 
and she's just out of it. So Vicky really is alone in this. And this is one of those times where I'm 100% on Vicky's side, which you know for me is pretty rare. Yep. But she was just trying to do a nice thing. Totally. She really is just trying to do this great, nice thing for the women who really do need a break from their husbands. And she's kind of given a middle finger from the men. She's turned into the villain. People make fun of they her. make fun of her. Oh, my goodness. And she was just trying to do a nice thing for the women. And also, Vicky is not at this point a crazy housewife where she's going to be. I mean, even though she's like, look, it's like slamming Brianna with the, sh- with the shots TBT she's not doing that with the women at this point she knows what they have waiting for them at home so she would have been respectful and instead these men show up to the trip and literally ruin it the trip from hell literally ruin it and yes. it's like you know it's under the guise that they won't invade too much on you know the time that the women are going to spend together but Vicky's like very clear that she wants it to be a girl's trip she says it yes. a million times reminds everybody and then in her confessional, after all the men have arrived to be with all these women as they want to just enjoy their life, the Vicky says, it shouldn't bother me, but it does. And it made me so sad because yeah. I was like, no, it should bother you because this was just baseline disrespectful. It was. And it's like if she did that, if there was some type of event where she showed up because she didn't want Don to be alone, they would have flipped out. We wouldn't hear the end of it. I, it really wouldn't. So good for her for standing her ground. It made me sad. That was kind of when we see Tamara waffling back and forth. Like around Simon, she's kind of talking shit about Vicky. I feel sorry for her. But then to Vicky's face, she's being like a very good friend to her, quote unquote, telling her she's met. It's, it's very frustrating. Um, but, you know, it was a fun trip at the end of the day. It was. It, the good moments. We got like an insanely a wasted Lynn. Um, <laughs> what are some other good moments from the we trip? We got to see them on like the airboats <laughs> or whatever. It's, what is it called? <laughs> I don't know. They were, look, they were, um, they went to visit the Everglades. Yeah. And it was just like a, a fun trip to see them out in nature like that with like wild boars yeah. and alligators. And it was just the women at that point. So it was fun to see them out of their element and bonding. I really did enjoy that. And with the, what was his name, Bubba? Oh, <laughs> my God. <laughs> he was like their tour guide for the day, basically. And they just, I mean, their Orange County brains couldn't wrap their mind around like someone with an accent that Bubba had. It was like kind of like, I don't even know. It was just very different from Orange County. So they just couldn't get over it. Something I realized, though, on this trip in particular, I forget how much Vicky likes to have fun and really enjoy She's all of her hard work. Yeah, but I mean, I guess I always remembered her as the early whoop it up girl, as someone who's just trying to get attention. But really, she it's like the fruits of her hard labor. She works so hard. She, you know, doesn't she say in the later season, work hard, play hard, like eight times? <laughs> I, I really saw a new like side of her this season that I forgot about, or maybe didn't even notice the first time. She just wants to have fun. And, like, feel the fruits of her labor, I guess, if that makes sense. This is also just, like, a good Vicky season. It, it was, really We is. got to see probably the best parts of Vicky Gunvalson that we'll see, I feel like, in this season. I mean, even there being all of these, like, parties at Vicky's house, it's, like, no glam, mm-hmm. Kirkland everything, her kind of going around gossiping with everyone. No one has done their hair. Everyone's in a sky top. It's... So good. It's peak early housewives. We wouldn't have it without Vicky. There's a random boy. There's a random boy named Chris from Indiana visiting. (laughs) A page from the Gina handbook. Okay. So I also (laughs) totally forgot about this. So Brianna and her longtime high school boyfriend, I think we acknowledged the last Orange County episode, they broke up suddenly. Brianna was devastated. They were supposed to be together forever, all that. So Vicky sets her up with this guy who she describes as like dark and then this like. (laughs) Very yes. white man showed up. Even like dark features. I was like, Vicky. Orange just County is, dark. He's literally a brunette. That's <laughs> it. 
that was the he had a little bit of a tan yeah if that he like had been working outside for a week <laughs> a w- but let it be known a white man y'all <laughs> i think i guess i don't know for sure for sure the, that's that was the impression definitely white passing he was yes um regardless of this man's ethnicity she flies him in so that brianna can go on a date with him whatever but he stays at the house and so brianna's like it's like going on an awkward date and then having to go home with for the awkward days. date for three days <laughs> it was painful but brianna's so funny you kind of she's in, great she, she is she great. knows how her mom is she grew up in that she she makes the best out of it and i love her being like do you have frozen yogurt where you're from <laughs> takes some time. so yeah froyo culture and she's just taking him around orange county it's awkward but it's funny so it's brianna you could watch her for hours of course and it's vicky too like whenever you know it's interesting because vicky is someone who has very traditional values in a lot of ways so letting like a boy stay in the house with brianna also being in the house isn't something you would normally see vicky doing despite brianna being a full-on adult but <laughs> vicky at one point said um to chris she was like by the way leave your penis at the door you can pick it up on the way back <laughs> <laughs> oh, Cla- classic vicky classic vicky can we talk about don one of our favorite trips of all time yes don a trip that xavier <laughs> and true. i will take to renew our vows as friends it's true to turks and caicos okay i love this trip can i tell you i teared up more than once me too i kind of realized are vicky and don my ocotp i think kind of yeah. like i just and i know you know how it ultimately ends and you know everybody who's listening to this podcast I'm sure knows that as well so it made it even harder to watch because I do think there's genuine love there they just couldn't get out of the way of each other you know and you know I really loved seeing them renew their vows and the the speeches that they gave to each other at one point Don says in, in referring to Michael and Brianna I said I'd be there for them I'd be their friend I'd be their dad and I'm still here Oh, so good. Got me like a fish. And he's such a crybaby. He says this himself. He's such a crybaby. Vicky gets him a ring with diamonds. This was another funny thing between the two of them. Princess cut diamonds. It's like, what? She's so funny. What is this Victorian era? It's like, these are just diamonds from K's. Everyone can calm down. (laughs) But anyway... They just give each other like very nice jewelry. They, I think that it's also just Vicky expressing her love to Don is so unusual, it seems, in their marriage and probably vice versa. Just to be clear, it's not just Vicky to Don, but it was such a beautiful trip. It seemed like such a good island, which is why Xavier and I are going to go on our honeymoon there. And yeah, girl. It, <laughs> and it's also cut to me literally having my honeymoon at Turks and Caicos and you show up. I was about to say, I will Jill Zare in the hell out of that honeymoon. <laughs> My fiance will low key be like, "Oh my God, Xavier!" <laughs> I don't think he. I don't think he'd hate it. I'll give y'all no, like three days. I don't think we've been together a long time. It's okay. Um, three days. <laughs> Get it all out. <laughs> I move rooms. <laughs> we literally did talk about going to Turks and Caicos, we- and I was like, "I can't without Xavier." I'm not kidding. Our honeymoon destination. I'm getting married soon and our honeymoon destination was potentially going to be Turks and Caicos and because of Vicky and Don Xavier and I are going together on a friendship romantic trip and I'm like I can't go without him I am crying <laughs> wow oh, God. incredible anyway I'm sure the love, love is real. talking about that the love is real <sighs> um but yeah, great trip um so many funny moments them like drinking that rum drink the weird conch conch I conch, thought it was conch, conch. 
But they kept saying conk. I don't know who's I'm not right. Sure. I don't know who's right. I, I don't want to. I, I, <laughs> I don't want to. I think about him pulling that thing out. <laughs> so nasty. But it was a great trip. I mean, um, and also like her kids too. Mike's poker career. I forgot about this because again, I repressed a lot of Mike. That was so funny. So funny, and also just like so him. Yes, it's it is. the most him thing, and for him to ultimately land at the, by the end of the season, right, yeah. selling insurance. But he was having his poker moment, and he was like, "Listen, I'm living my life, and I'm having a good old time." <laughs> so Mike is Vicky's son. He graduated from college, didn't really do too well in school. He doesn't really have a direction, it seems. So he's kind of settled on working for Vicky at her insurance firm, which honestly, great move. Um, but he's decided be in the summer before. Before he starts working there, I think it was the yeah, summer. Yeah, before he ultimately starts. Yes, he is going to make a career of online poker. He makes tens of thousands of dollars. It's in, he bought himself a Rolex. I'm like, is it illegal? He makes a ton of money. He's enjoying himself. Good for him, by the way. So he spends most of the season just making a ton of money, not doing anything. And then by the end, we see kind of in the exit reel that he uh, is now working for Vicky's firm and was the top seller at Vicky's insurance firm. So I guess that Vicky Gunvalson blood was in him all along. I know, literally. (laughs) Okay, I think next we should continue on kind of like the Simon, Tamara, Vicky timeline and just kind of how that also is going to bleed into Vicky and Alexa. Yes. And it all really takes place at that dinner that we've already talked about a little bit that Lynn has, yeah. where Simon and Vicky get into it. And then they're all sitting around the table. And I thought, I was like, Ali's going to love this moment because it's the first time it ever happened, right? Where Alexis, they're all talking about um, telling stories about how they first <laughs> met. <laughs> and it's Alexis's turn. And she's telling the story about how she, you know, came out to the hotel pool in a high heel and a little bikini skirt and how Jim saw her. And she's going on and on and on. And eventually Vicky and Don do their infamous sn- <laughs> lean over asleep. and snore. It would devastate me. I would, <laughs> yeah. I would leave. I would fake an emergency with the kids and be like, I have to leave. And it didn't land well. It didn't land well. <laughs> Alexis describing the dumbest interaction in the longest way. It's my nightmare. If I ever do that, just be like, you sound like Alexis right now. Oh I if, I will come correct so me. quickly. I would, but it, you know it's for the best. You would literally need to parent me. For the greater good. For the greater good. But no, that, that scene was so great. So Vicky is getting it from all sides at this party. And then, Everyone's yeah. angry at her. And then they're, they're mad at her too because it all kind of like goes back a little bit also to the idea that Don didn't go on the girls trip to Florida and Vicky makes the, made the statement he works and Don also like reiterates that like I was working and then that also doesn't land well. And then ultimately Vicky and Don leave and everyone else is at the table including Tamara kind of talking about Vicky and uh, and at this dinner and mind you, Simon and Tamara have already had their whole, like, Simon had his thing with Vicky. Tamara went out to, you know, make him feel better about it. He kind of manipulated her and saying she just doesn't want to see us happy. And in this, you kind of, you see in real time, I'm sure Tamara's also had a few to drink. So, like, that was a factor. But you see in real time, Tamara kind of changed her opinion to appease her husband. And, like, we don't know what she was going through 100% at home. So, like, I get it. Like, do what you got to do in the moment just to, like, make peace. But it... It is tough because 
we then see in her confessional as her and Simon are going back into the house and Vicky's still there at that point. She's like, seriously, who is she to tell anybody how they should treat somebody referring to how like Vicky has treated Don in the past. So she says that in her confessional. And as she and Simon are walking back into the house, Tamara also says, I don't want her by my side. I want you by my side. And Simon says, well, then make a choice because you've been by her all night. So then Tamara makes it, Yeah. So then Tamara makes a conscious choice to like stand by her man for that night and we see this at play. Also, another iconic thing after all the tensions have been peak. Poor Don is just there for a meal. He's just trying to live his <laughs> life. And they all sit at the dinner table with no place card. Somewhere Sutton is howling with rage. <laughs> and they sit at the table. And naturally, Vicky and Simon sit next to each other. It was art. I was like, I was I was like, yes. As God intended. as It literally was divine intervention. And neither of them could make a thing of it because they knew someone at the table was going to be like, oh, you guys are sitting next to it. All they had to do was just be chill about it. Because everyone has seen the mess at this point. Right. Alexis makes a, makes a funny joke about how she was going to go outside and get a drink whenever Vicky and Simon were fighting and how she maybe isn't going to get one right now. Yeah. So everyone knows what's going on. So then the comment that Vicky makes about Don working happens and eventually Don and Vicky leave early and everyone's left at the table. And after she leaves, Simon's complaining about her. I mean, he's been complaining about her throughout the night. Um, he says to someone at some point after having the blow up outside, he's like, she's been destructive since day one. He calls her an effing bitch. Like, it's just like the blood is bad between them. I think it's as Vicky said it herself, she knows too much. But I think that Simon needs to blame someone other than himself. Both Vicky's his scapegoat for sure. Both Simon and Tamara has seem to have the personality where it is always someone else's fault. Yes, they can make a joke at their own expense, maybe more Tamara than Simon. It has to be someone else's fault. Vicky, who is perfect in every way, who is the one who's working, who's not going through any financial strife, who seems to have such a great family life. And even though her marriage is not so great to Don, she still looks like she's on top. She's still with Don. They don't fight in public like that. I think she's, like you said, a perfect scapegoat. And he raged on her at any point. Like, there, even before this episode, there's that scene with Tamara and Simon on the boat. And they're literally in the, like, oh, yeah. the Rose Jack Titanic <laughs> pose. And they're fighting about Vicky. It was just like, oh, my goodness. She was, <laughs> I think it was one of those things with Simon. He had all these frustrations with Tamara, who's his wife, and he couldn't take all of them out on her. Yep. Therefore, he redirected them to someone he could take them out on, and that was Vicky. I think I you said it perfectly. I think he was feeling Tamara kind of slip through his fingers, his control, his grasp. And he knew the more that he laid it on to Tamara, the more she was going to pull away. The easy thing he could control, or at least he thought, was his the friendship between Tamara and Vicky. And the Rose Jack weird at the edge of the boat moment. The fact that Tamara and Simon hadn't been fighting for the first time in weeks, and she was spending that romantic time weeping because she felt bad for Vicky being by herself at the hotel. I mean, it, it was, you know, not great for their marriage, but female friendship it was so it was actually that's like, one thing there were a I lot like of that the, we we are still in the vicky segment so we, we are. Even got we'll get there i thought we were in tamra now i guess we're we're well yeah we can be in vicky and tamra because yeah. we said most things one about vicky kind of and there were a lot of moments like that where i really appreciated tamra this season this might be if we're jumping into the tamra segment this might be one of my favorite tamra seasons that's that makes sense personally that and that you tracks. know i've given that's her a, hard for you to say 
I said it though. Yeah. I said it with my chest and I said it proudly. <laughs> it's hard. You know, I have a, Tamara and I, we go on journeys, but I really appreciated her and really felt for her and a lot this season. And I was on her side a lot, which, well, I mean, not with everything, uh, <laughs> but like that moment. And I appreciated that she always, or almost always, because there later in the season, she turned on Vicky some, but I give her a little bit of credit because she was going through a lot at home. But she often, like on that trip on the boat, she was advocating for Vicky. She was trying to stick up for Vicky. She was trying to figure out a way to make it all work. And I really appreciated that. There's also <laughs> in that same on that same trip, there's a moment where Slade and Simon are talking. You remember this? And Slade says, if Vicky gets mad and pounces, I'm pretty sure she could take me. So and Simon says she could take all of us. And then takes a bite. It was moments <laughs> like that where like the power. for the power. Like she was a true opponent for Simon, which is like so interesting and fascinating if you think about it and break it down and like weird in ways too. And it's also interesting though, because as much as Tamara did try to stick up for Vicky, there were moments where she truly couldn't, like when they're outside at Lynn's. And I still feel like I was making a point about the the Lynn stuff, which I'll get to here in a minute because it's really a Tamara moment. But, and Vicky's like, you don't stick up for me when it comes to him and you need to. And Tamara's like, in this accent that I'll never forget. I don't know where it came from. He's my husband, Vic. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and she's like, I don't care. You need to when he's wrong. And Tamara's like, you wouldn't do that with Don. And Vicky's like, girl, you know I would. Like, And yeah. I, that's true. Vicky would definitely. Vicky would. So it's just interesting stuff like that. But all this to say <laughs> that when Don and Vicky leave Lynn's, um, everyone else is left at the table and Simon is complaining to the group that Vicky tells his wife stuff about their marriage. Like that's his one of his biggest gripes with her and Tamara under her breath says because she's got a perfect marriage and you start to see how, how Tamara in the the midst of the season is starting to turn on Vicky the devil kind horns of, are growing oh, listen I mean they yeah they're regrowing because she, cho- <laughs> she chopped them off at the beginning of the year <laughs> before we fully transition into Tamara I do think it's important to talk about one more Vicky moment, Vicky episode, okay. which really I think is like the first of its kind, which is the first gang up that we see. Okay. So that's true. It this, is. Yeah. So all well, of that kind of, there have been other things, but this, because Alexis calls them out one, two, three, four, it feels like the first, that's like, a, yeah. So that size, at least all of that dinner, Simon, you know, Don, he works, Vicky, I work explanation was leading kind of to this dinner. This is kind of a fallout. The ladies take a trip to San Francisco and um, it's all the ladies plus Brianna because she's going through some health stuff and she's going on the trip with Vicky and all of that good stuff. And so basically this is like day two or three of the trip and they're all at a lunch and they're talking and the night before Alexis had been on the phone because she finally because it's an overnight trip gets to go away on her own so she's checking with Jim because he's not used to changing poopy diapers ever and there's a nanny but like she he still doesn't like this 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 and that and she's really holding his hand through it so she's on the phone several times and Vicky gives her a hard time because they're at dinner so the next day Vicky is on the phone doing work stuff and Alexis is kind of looking at her some type of way and Vicky can feel it. And she's like, I know you're, you know, she's like, I can't remember exactly what she says, but she basically calls out the fact that she knows Alexis doesn't approve that she's on her phone doing work stuff. Yes. And Alexis is like, 
it's not that she's like, I respect you. And like your, your hustle, she doesn't say hustle, but like your hustle and working. But I just find it interesting that when I was on the phone last night, you gave me a hard time. And then they kind of give each other a look and it boils down to Alexis being like, if you want to have this conversation now, I'll have it now. And Vicky says, <laughs> bring it on. Oh my God. And then we, classic Vicky with Brianna and sitting next with to her. Brianna sitting next to her. And then we were off. So they start talking with Vicky about their issues with her. Now they feel like she constantly puts them and their husbands down because she and Don work supposedly, but you know, Alexis and Gretchen are the most vocal at first in saying that like they all work, like all of them have jobs and Vicky makes them feel some type of way when she does that. And they kind of feel like they have to tell her about herself. And when it gets a little sticky is when Tamara kind of jumps in and she agrees. Like, you know, they all talked about Vicky after she left that party and now they're all getting the chance to talk to her, to her face. And Lynn conveniently goes to the bathroom at this time <laughs> and they're going back and forth. And at a certain point, Alexis gets frustrated and um, Vicky is talking with Tamara because that's who she feels like her true friend is. And she's trying to figure out kind of like what the angle is, what's going on. And Tamara says a line that she says a million times. She says it this season. She'll say it in future years. Don't act like a victim. And Vicky oh says, don't say that to me. Oh. And Brianna's just sitting there trying to eat her salad, honey. <laughs> and Alexis. <laughs> on a trip. On scared just, she might have scared cancer. Scared she might have cancer. Like seriously. And Alexis continues to go in. And she, Alexis tells Vicky that all the ladies think that she's rude. She goes, one, two, three, four, all of us have a problem with you, or basically, or all think this. And Vicky says, don't speak for Lynn, because Lynn was in the bathroom at the time. <laughs> um, she says, don't speak for my friend, Tamara. She's my friend. You just met her. Don't you dare put her against me. And Alexis is like, uh, don't say she's not my friend. And Tamara's also saying, I'm everybody's friend. And Alexis, oh this part did make me laugh. Alexis starts to say, I'm not fine. And then she's like, she's friends. She's friends. <laughs> it always <laughs> makes me laugh. But it's just a mess. What was your take on that? I think that that... I mean, we're kind of aligned on that where it made me laugh that Alexis thought she could take on Vicky, but she did. Is this I gang mean, on Vicky Day? I mean, <laughs> it is kind of the point where I stop liking Vicky that much because Vicky would be one of my favorite housewives if she could take what she can dish. And much like Tamara, she can't. And that's why they're birds of a feather. And this is one of the first times that we see Vicky getting called out for something that I don't necessarily think she's guilty for, of like always making the women feel a certain type of way. It's not her fault that they don't work. And it's not her fault that she's doing super well and they're not whatever. It could be her tone. I just think Vicky could have handled that. And instead, she did act like a victim. I'm Unfortunately, Tamara was right. And it was the beginning. I'm sorry to say it. It's true. Tamara was. She like. She likes to be a victim, Xavier. She enjoys it. Tamara. I, yeah, both, I know. Both Tamara and Vicky. I am not surprised when Tamara does it. I was sad to see it started this early with Vicky. She cannot take out what she dishes. I don't think that's fair. And here's why I don't think that's fair is because, like, I do not disagree with that statement. And I think we will see that later. Absolutely. But here, I have trouble taking that. And because. Everything that has built to this moment is stuff that I have been on Vicky's side and I feel like the ladies are kind of twisting it. So like what they're latching on to is at that dinner party, Vicky being like, he works. The reason she was doing that is because they were again giving her a hard time for him not going on the trip, which was a girl's trip to begin with. Mm -hmm. So all of that dominoes. So I can't, I'm not, I can't defend Alexis here and I'm on Vicky's side because it was bullshit from the jump for me. So that's why I get like a little annoyed and I feel bad. It was if bullshit I were Vicky, from the jump. I'd be so frustrated. It, I'd be so annoyed. It was bullshit from the jump, but it's how you handle a situation 
situation like that. And from that moment on, you kind of started to see her. Tamara's instinct is to cry like little baby and get out of it. She loves to Vicky's cry. Vicky's instinct is to be like, everyone's against me. Everyone's against me. I'm a victim. We saw it a couple of times early on with her kids, like with Mike in particular, the emotional manipulation. I'm sad that we didn't get to see Kodo insurance Vicky in that moment. Like her really stand on yeah, her two feet. Because and- you're right. It was bullshit. I was disappointed in her response. Now, do I think that I would be any better in that scenario? I wasn't there. I didn't film for seven weeks with these women or however long it was. Brianna kind of held it down for her. Oh my God, Brianna. <laughs> this is why I don't hang out with girls. I was like, hang out with me. Pick me. Choose me. I love you. I love her. The most iconic part of all of this is it ending with a prayer at the table for (laughs) Brianna. Didn't she bring Israel into it? It What was was it? It was a, I grew up in the type of church, we will get to Alexis, but the type of church that Alexis went to. And when she did that prayer, I was like, I don't think you know where the beginning of the sentence starts and where the end of the sentence ends. And all the ladies were kind of like looking around, but you know something I noticed? What? Is that Brianna was crying. So it really, I, the prayer I think hit who it needed to in that moment, like the comfort. And I, I, cause I don't know if I've. I, you can just, her eyes are closed and you can literally see the tears fall. And I was kind of like, oh, I was like, she, probably she was going through a lot. Well. She, she was going through so much. We also forget, like, Brianna wasn't feeling well a lot of this season. And Vicky, even though she did sort of make it about her a little bit, at the point when Brianna was talking about having to go in for, I think, a biopsy. And Vicky was like, that's going to be a really tough day. I have 150 agents coming in, da 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 on the yeah. 13th. And then Brianna's like, I think I might have cancer. I'm worried I have cancer. And my mom was worried about work. We just forget that all this is going on in the background and it was a very real thing for Vicky and for Brianna. Look at suck it. Slam it, Brianna. <laughs> I know. Look, I mean, also speaking of that moment, when she had her little sake bomb moment, um, Brianna, I loved that. <laughs> I, I was like, do one of those and I don't drink. Oh, you won't like it. I would put one, I'll do some, I'll do like a cute one. Like put a some, one. like put some grenadine and a shot glass and then do that <laughs> over some Coke and just make myself a cherry Coke. Wow. The non-alcoholic <laughs> version of a sake bomb, which is literally just a Shirley Temple. I'm enticed. <laughs> a cherry Coke. How dare you? That's so funny. Different than a Shirley Temple, which I'll also gladly accept. Oh my God. Hilarious. <laughs> so let's talk about let's Tamara. Let's talk about Tamara. Okay. As I already kind of said, I... Was really, I don't know that I want to say I was endeared to Tamara this season, but I was, this is probably my favorite Tamara season, definitely thus far, but maybe like, I don't know. I think this is peak for me and Tamara in a good way. And that's a lot coming from you. It's a lot. Like it took a lot from me, as we've said, like, (laughs) you know, and I just really like, there were moments where she just felt so real to me. So like Lynn, for example, after she goes through the stuff with her house and she goes over to Tamara's and Tamara's just there for her as like a girlfriend. And that's a Tamara that like, especially present day, I feel like I never see. And I miss that version of Tamara. My friend Tamara. Not just the Tamara who's obsessed with the game or looking the best or being the funniest or whatever. Friend Tamara. And this is a Tamara that a lot of people have said exist still to this day, just off camera. Mm. So it seems like after this season, there was a switch inside of her, very similar again to Vicky, where she knew she had to be a certain way to survive on the show and still kind of be top dog on the show or not let people take advantage of her on the show. So Interesting. it makes me sad, though. I do miss, like, t- again, like what you said, Tamara and Lynn. If she did that with a new housewife, let's say today in a more current season, this newer Tamara, I would be like, what is she going to do? This poor girl. Exactly. Like, she is being set up for yes. failure. Well, I mean, we've seen in we've recent seen. Tamara 
timed, you know? Yeah. Um, it's just, yeah. So I'm, I was really, it was really refreshing to revisit and see this version of Tamra. I agree. I also loved Tamra being honest about her relationship with Alexis. Oh my God. So I, a, I had forgotten how like kind of close they were in the beginning. Same, because Tamara and Alexis don't necessarily always see eye to eye moving forward. As we know. Not to say too much, but Tamara does eventually give Alexis an incredible nickname that Alexis never can really truly shake. But I love Tamara being honest at the beginning of the season, being like she's jealous of Alexis, that Alexis is like a younger version of her. And I feel like she feels a kinship with Alexis because she maybe feels like they're both trapped in a controlling marriage and that they're the type of women that are not defined by those marriages. And, I, you know, it obviously is different, but it is weird to see her take comfort in Alexis. You know what's so interesting, too, about the tagline to me? I loved Tamara's tagline last season. Mm -hmm. You know, housewives come younger, but they don't come hotter. I was like, oh, shit, Tamara is coming out the gate with this tagline. But now that we have Alexis, it sounded a little bit desperate to me with Alexis' incredible tagline. To me, it just feels a little desperate. It makes me see Tamara in a different way, kind of like Tamara losing her grip a little bit. And that's something that Tamara set up herself, like everything being about her looks. It's the summer. I, you know I don't eat in the summer. It's very Orange County. So mm -hmm. it's not something that I personally think. It's just I started to view Tamara's tagline differently, especially that Alexis, now that Alexis is here. Yeah, I that's a good point. And I hadn't really thought about that. It's like this new woman who comes on who is bold, who is really strong in her convictions, who is similar and reminds Tamara of herself in her marriage, and who's also a decade younger. Yep. That's mm, okay. I see you, Miss Thing. I love it. <laughs> but I did I did appreciate the notion of Tamara admitting that she was jealous of Alexis. Agree. And her just having like Again, I feel like that's just a version of Tamara we don't get anymore. Mm -hmm. So I, I appreciated seeing it here. It's the same way that I was always appreciative of Vicky in earlier seasons, like never being able to hide her jealousy of like a Lori yes, or you know what yes. I mean? So that is so human to me. Mm. I thought that was great. I also loved her bunko party, her, excuse me, her drunko party. Or, yeah, where we get to see Housewives oh, of Christmas Past, yes. uh, including Quinn with a wig, which will come back next season too. <laughs> We can't, we can't, we just can't get rid of her. I mean, and also Tammy, we saw that hilarious scene of her pouring shots down her throat. I, I thought that was fun. It's quintessential um, Orange County. I loved her embracing how ridiculous it was. Mm -hmm. I loved that Bunko was actually played at the event and everyone's just screaming, did you get a three? And, did you get a three? And Alexis being super competitive. Yes. And being like, Lynn, you're on my team or whoever she was talking to. <laughs> Everything tracks. Another great event with no glam, with no fancy outfits in someone's backyard surrounded by Kirkland products. That's as God intended. <laughs> okay, so we've talked about Tamara and Vicky a lot. We've talked about Tamara and Simon a lot. But something that we need to discuss, which is really a continuation from last season and it's kind of how we jump into the season, is Tamara and Gretchen. Mm. I found that they didn't... You know what's interesting is I feel like it was really hot and heavy at the beginning of the season but as the season goes on Tamara is just so inundated with her own personal life and dealing with stuff that I think that feud took a little bit of a backseat yes. and it would pop up here and there but at the beginning like that's how we start is them is Lynn hosting this event to sport her cuffs and everybody <laughs> reuniting after the time in between seasons 
And episode one, I am reminded of season four, <laughs> season four villain Tamara. Because oh she God. was back rearing and ready to go. I mean, she also had her little comment about the vibrator. Who has a plug-in vibrator anymore? Oh, what does she say? <laughs> she says, holy mother of gynecology, who's a vibrator with a cord? <laughs> I mean, immediately Tamara at the beginning of the season has this bitchy lunch with Vicky where they're just talking about how they don't associate with people like Gretchen and people who do that, who has time to do that. When I was 30, I was 32, 31, I was raising my kids. And it's like, it was obviously revenge porn and nobody felt bad for Gretchen in this. And it really made me sad because I think if that happened now, there would have been more sympathy toward her because it can happen to anybody. And also, like, even if you don't believe Gretchen, you know, loved Jeff or whatever it is, her loss that she had last season, either way, she went through a really hard time. And it's like, everyone is just so awful to her. And I feel bad for her, worse for her than I did the first time I watched the show. They were looking for any reason to prove to the audience this narrative that Gretchen is this person who was, you know, basically stealing or pretending to, stealing from this older gentleman or pretending to be with him for his money or she was secretly dating Jay on the side. Like anything that could come out, such as these photos, which like you said, were clearly revenge porn posted without her permission. Anything that could aid their narrative though, like they were, and I say they meaning Tamara and Vicky, but Tamara was the far more vocal one of course. Totally, totally. Anything that they could do to push that narrative like that's Tamara's MO I feel like throughout the series is she will she's not afraid to go there and use every little thing even if it's like in the gutter and down in the gutter (laughs) um I, I mean for Gretchen in particular there was an accusation I think from Lynn maybe and even from Tamara let's go ahead and guess that the reason that Gretchen and we'll get to Gretchen but the reason that Gretchen was reaching out to Lynn's daughter Uh, who was troubled and having issues this season, just like last season, was because she was trying to distract from her own bad PR and bad storyline. And that's so clearly what Tamara is doing this season, regardless if Gretchen was doing that for whatever reason. And I just thought it was so shameless the first half of the season. I was almost grateful, selfishly, for the divorce storyline because I'm like, I don't want to do this the entire time because it's do, boring. I can't sit through another season four. Ugh, you know, we've been no. there. We've done that. It, it would be Too very much. tired. Yeah. And I appreciate that in the premiere, you know, they're again in this hotel room with Lynn. Lynn is hosting this party. And I feel like Gretchen really starts to, I guess, find her voice a little bit in yeah. a way and that she actually sticks up. To Tamara in in a way that feels like very strong and firmly planted. And I was like, okay, Gretchen, like holding her own. So she what she says is um, (laughs) Tamara's like she preys on old men and Gretchen's like, you're crazy. You make shit up. And Tamara's like, you're such a victim. Her favorite thing to say, as we've discussed (laughs) all the time. I don't know how you deal with it. And then Gretchen also says the same thing. Like, oh, that's her favorite line. It's old. It's tired, whatever. And then Tamara insists that, like, she is a victim. And she's like, oh, you're such an innocent angel. And then Gretchen says, no, Tamara, this is not me being a victim. This is me telling you to shut the fuck up. And I was (laughs) like, I was like, and we are back in Orange County, honey. Yes. (laughs) And a lot of people might argue that that's who Gretchen was all along. But to me, I think it is only like, she only talks like that when she gets like, someone gets a rise out of her. You know, I, I feel kind of dumb being on Gretchen's side for a lot of Tamara stuff because I'm sure there's some stuff that Gretchen lied about but 
Tamara is just so down in the gutter. It's, That's the thing. It's hard to trust anything she says about Gretchen. Exactly. And trust me, I have my issues with Gretchen. We'll get to them. Of course. Um, but, like, when it comes to Tamara, Tamara just lowballs it so much that, like, it's hard not to defend Gretchen, you no, know? No, it really is. I did love how at that same event, though, Vicky and Tamara have a little sidebar. And Vicky's, like, referring to Gretchen. She's like, she looks so pretty. And Tamara's like, ooh. And Vicky's like, to me, she looks drop-dead gorgeous. You don't think? And Tamara's <laughs> like, no. And I was like, there's nothing worse than your enemy looking right. <laughs> and I love that Vicky had it in her to she be like, it, yeah. she looks good. I love that, too. That's We don't get that Victoria later. So I like Listen, that now, for sure. We'll take it where we can. And it's so, I also love the little funny Gina moments in this, too. Gina is so shady. <laughs> but she cracks me up. But, like, whenever first... Whenever Gretchen first gets there and Gina looks at her and she's like, to Gretchen, she's like, why are you so late? You remind me of Joe. Joe is always late. Gina knows damn well that Gretchen and Slater together. It's just like her being Gina and it Gina. it made me laugh. And then, but I did love when she tried to break up the tension and she's looking from Tamara to Gretchen and she's like, why don't you guys just bitch slap each other and get it over with? Like, I appreciate that levity and it's Gina, so Gina's humor. It is. I mean, it didn't land. No. <laughs> but like, it, it gave me a giggle at least in a tense moment. I think that we needed Gina there. You know, we feel that lack of Gina in future seasons with this entire Tamara versus Gretchen storyline. So it was it was fun while we had it for just a little bit of time. But uh, Tamara, can we talk about Tamara as a biker girl? Let's talk about let's, let's talk do about it. the tattoo. Let's oh god, the tattoo, the tattoo, the tattoo that will continue to give story wise. <laughs> oddly enough, <laughs> so Tamara is going on a uh, motorcycle ride, a bike ride. I don't know how to say it in the community. Please don't come for me. <laughs> but with um, Simon and a gaggle of his motorcycle biker friends. Not a gaggle. And then they go to a motorcycle biker bar. I don't know why this is so hard for me to say. It's just not my culture. So they get to the bar and then there's a lot of tension that's going on between um, Simon and Tamara more than there has been most of the season. And Tamara decides to frame it as if she was going to reveal that she's having an affair essentially with Simon in front of his friends on camera at a biker bar. Always looking for a moment that one. Always looking for a moment. And she's just like I just I don't I don't like to lie to you. And I have something to tell you and it's just it's been eating me up and I just I've been so worried you were gonna find out and he's like is this appropriate what the hell are you babbling on about and then she reveals that with her troubled son ryan she has gotten a crooked tattoo of simon's name on her ring finger as a last ditch effort to show her votive of love because simon has accused her again and again of not truly loving her and it literally makes simon emotional yes and but then being simon he also looks at her and he's like it's the first unselfish thing you've done in a long time and i was just like always oh, a dig always, always a, dig. a dig as he's like literally tearing up yeah but i will say god bless the random friend at the table who was like and may she never lose that finger <laughs> Uh, oh, and doesn't he say this is one of the moments that stood by me, even after all these years of watching it, whatever, when Simon said, I guess we have to stay together forever then, after she he looks at her tattoo. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh. I guess we have to. It was. It was. Painful. It's just such an example of something that is just clearly going down the tubes, and they're just doing every little thing they can 
to make it last. I don't even know to make it seem like it's not. Look, and th- there's so many things in this season, like housewife, marriage, kisses of death. There's Vicky renewing her vows, Tamra getting this tattoo, Alexis confidently announcing a million times, we, our motto is never get divorced or whatever her dumb thing is. We don't believe in divorce. We're never going to get divorced. Note behind the net, we'll pray for all of them. <laughs> My hands and knees. Uh, oh, but girl. it's right. Sorry. I, I think that this is early housewife example of like, it's just, what were you thinking? You know, and it's clearly they're comfortable in front of the camera. They wanted to pull a stunt. It was, it was awkward. So Ryan, he's, he's always in this show somehow. Somehow. Tamara's troubled son. You know, to be fair to him, he actually seems like he's having some like self-reflection on his life decisions, but he's moved out of the house. There's a lot of tension between him and Simon, Simon and everyone versus everyone. He moves into um, his grandma's house, Tamara's mom's house. Uh, Sandy. Uh, oh, love Sandy. <laughs> Honestly, oh the best part of Tamara. I wish she got more camera time this season, yeah. but uh, Ryan ends up getting what was it, a speeding ticket? And he was told by a judge, either you have to do X amount of, I mean, it was a good amount of community service. I'm not sure how many hours. Or instead of that, he could spend five days in county jail. So we're thinking, oh, Tamara's going to freak out because jail is even an option. Ryan sits Tamara down. And why don't you tell us what Ryan said? He says, I'm going to jail. He says, I'm taking the jail time. Basically, he's just like, screw the system, kind of. And he was like, I'll just do the jail. It's faster. I don't even remember his exact reasoning. But the funny part of this is, is like two episodes later, he has now like gotten this new job or is in the process of getting this new job. And he flips the script yet again. He was like, you know what? Actually, I think I'll take the community service. And it's just Ryan being Ryan. And it's also more drama with him and Simon throughout the season. And it's just like... I never ending. Know. It's never ending. It kind of bugged me at the end with Tamara and Simon. I think we should transition to Tamara and Simon's storyline. Oh, the, the conclusion ride. of that. Yes, that iconic limo iconic. ride. Iconic. One of the things we say in my house all the time, her famous line. But I mean, it kind of bugged me when it was very clear that Tamara and Simon's marriage was ending. Not because she had three small children and her life was about to change forever, but because Ryan was right and was saying these things about Simon all along. He knew he was so right I, too. I have to give him that credit as much as I have issues with him. Uh, I have to give him that credit. Now let's talk about Tamara's funeral dress to the finale party <laughs> that was too short a la lynn or whatever simon said oh my god that's something that lynn would wear a dig always a dig always he's a dig. so rude to he's her so, he's such a miserable person and it's just so interesting because throughout the entire season you can feel her growing out of her marriage it's like in that scene where they're talking about going on the girls trip and he's like we get we go everywhere together and her confessional she's like would I like to go on the trip by myself? Yeah. So yeah. it's like little moments like that. Yep. And it's all built to this finale moment. Yes. They're going to the party. Everybody is. This is the very last episode of the season. There's past Orange County housewives coming. All of their children. Friends of. It, it's it's an affair. I kind of wish we did this for every housewife show now. Like have parties like that. Was there a reason for the party? Or was it just a finale party? I think it was just a finale. I cannot remember the reason. I mean, I wish Bravo would shell out money for that again. That was so fantastic. But um, her going to that party, they are fighting the entire way there. They get into the limo, and Tamara has those 2009 glasses on, her black dress, a very long beaded statement necklace, and her and and Simon just start going at it. 
it's really, it's one of those things, like we've said before, it's like, oh, this is one of those moments, should the camera be there? Exactly. (laughs) Should they have put the camera down? It's like, this is, that's how real it was. And it's so sad too. And I, you know, I have a soft spot for Tamara, just in the fact that we get to see, this is such a low. Mm -hmm. And I've been on this journey with her all season, not having been a Tamara fan before, but starting to warm to her a little bit because of the hell that she's going through. And to see her at this place in the limo, and what really gets to her is Simon suggests that she's never home and basically insinuates that she's not with her kids and that she's not being a good mom, which of course... Someone like Tamara, who is a stay-at-home mother outside of this, outside of being a housewife, of course, um, li- like literally a Bravo housewife, that, that being her job, a stay-at-home mother, throwing that in her face just like cut her and me watching it. Like, I was just like, how dare you? And that's when her voice changes oh. and when she infamously screams, what does she say? Is I she- always think it's, fuck you, I want a divorce. But it's, I want a divorce, fuck you. Oh, it's so good. And she says it in this like grovelly voice. Yes. Like it, she is done. And she's then done. for them to get out of the limo and she's like near a panic attack kind of. And he is just holding her and she does a little dramatic, but I'll give her some credit. It was, <laughs> she was going through a lot. Does that dramatic like pants. And it's just a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's very real. And you can tell it was a long time coming. And because the cameras were there, everything just got aired out in the open so much faster than it would have been if she wasn't filming Housewives, I guess. I can't believe they still went to the party. They should have just turned the car around. I loved that though. That is why, that I love that so much because how many times in our lives do we go through huge things, but we still have to show up to something? Mm -hmm. Like something literally just happens, but we have to put on a happy face and roll up because it's a family obligation or in this case, it's our job. So I love that. That is like the perfect example to me of what this show is. It's showing behind the curtain and then what you have to do when you have to put the curtain back up suddenly. And it was just, I love that so much. But it's so also hard to watch too because you see him immediately go into control mode and being like, let's not talk about this at the party. Like, are you okay? Get yourself together. Do you need to go to the bathroom? Like, kind of like that. And it's just like, like the hairs on the back of your neck are standing straight up because you were like, this woman is not okay right now. She needs to talk to someone and she even says that she's like, I felt like I couldn't because I didn't want him to get mad. But of course, and I'm so grateful for it because it's also like a cute little bow in the end of our season. She talks to Vicky. Yes. Oh, my God. I mean, we'll talk about the talk with Vicky. The scary part was in the middle of this talk with Vicky, Simon beelining through the throngs of the party. I mean, like, what are you talking about? And, and you saw the terror on Tamara's face. This is the one time I was not happy with Vicky. Like I, I understood a little bit, but I was okay. Let me you, let ta- me be specific. Yeah. So basically, Tamara is confiding into Vicky. I think Vicky notices that Tamara. Actually, no. Vicky's in a conversation, and Tamara comes up to her and is like, "Hey, can we talk?" And I think Vicky immediately gets the vibe that like something's happening, but yes. she isn't quite sure what. She's like, "Am I in trouble? Like what?" They're you on know? the outs a little bit. Yes, they haven't been talking as much, and which also I love that because it shows like when push comes to shove Vicky is her girl she's and Vicky will sh- and Vicky shows up for her she'll listen to her yep. you're my sister my soulmate my friend yeah oh. I just got emotional I what? Know. that is something in watching this season I realized how much I love Tamara and Vicky's friendship they did have such a good they friendship they did and yeah. they still do luckily now yes, yes. but like we see them go through it, of course anyways so Tamara is telling her about what happened with Simon and about really more broadly just about her marriage and her life and she says this one line that I constantly think about and she's like in the last three months I couldn't bury my head any further than I could into my pillow to make my life go away and Vicky is listening and I think Vicky 
can listen calmly because I think she's heard this before. Yeah. I think this is just the first time we're getting this scene on camera yep. between the two of them. And Simon gets wind that someone comes up to him. I don't know. I think it was a random person and is like, Tamara's crying or Tamara's upset. And he beelines to Tamara and Vicky, as Ali just said. And he's like, what's going on? And Tamara's like, nothing. And this is the one thing where I was like, okay, Vicky, like you just don't know. And where Vicky was, or Tamara's like, nothing. I'm just like emotional because you guys aren't getting along. And Vicky's like, that's not what this is about. And I just, just like Vicky, like, you know, just roll with it because you just don't know, yeah. you know? Um, but Vicky only said it the one time, at yeah. least she didn't harp on it. She just said it the one time and then saw their exchange and backed off. So I appreciated that. But it was just so uncomfortable. Like, were you Hard just like, yeah, I, I was freaking out. To defend Vicky, I think that she would think that it's helping Tamara to get it all out there. Yeah. But she knows how many times has it been said that like Tamara has gone to her, cried, Vicky has brought it up, Simon blames Vicky, and then they move on. Yeah, I definitely don't think Vicky was ill-intentioned by no, any means. No, no, no. But I was also protective like oh my god don't say anything to just her you just don't know because right. like they just have that huge fight i don't want life to be harder for Tamara than it already clearly right. is that's coming out of my mouth i know <laughs> can we talk about two vicky saying she doesn't think that Tamara's gonna be able to exist without simon because she's so codependent on him my jaw was on the ground i was like i don't remember that i don't remember that either but i feel like you know it doesn't not make sense like she's only no, ever it, known yes. Tamara in this relationship it was shocking to hear and yeah and i you know vicky will say the thing yeah <laughs> And but like listen, I think what Vicky was actually hitting at is Tamara out like single Tamara, Tamara outside of a relationship. And like you know that we never really see single Tamara because when no. we start the next season, she's already in a relationship. So I think Vicky I think that's what Vicky was kind of getting at and she had a point. She had to have a person. Yeah, I get it. And that. not that I'm faulting Tamara by for that by any means. Listen, I'm just as excited to see Eddie next year Sit. as the rest of y'all. Oh my god. Oh y'all already popped the know, popcorn. Honey. He's part of my top <laughs> Two house husband. <laughs> um, anywho. Uh, but yeah, so that was kind of that limo, that limo fight. Ooh, it was a lot. A it was lot, a lot. A lot. Speaking of a lot at the party, should we talk about Lynn? Okay. Yeah. Let's talk about Lynn. Lynn seems to be one of the people who's been hit the hardest, it seems, yeah. by the recession. It was really sad to watch. She had a hard season. Lynn had a really, really bad season. I don't think Lynn is on the same planet as, as us, and I don't mean that in a mean way. I think that mentally or whatever medicine she's taking, whatever is going on with her, she's not present mentally, emotionally. I enjoy watching her. I think she's funny. I just think that if a psychologist was watching the show, they would tell her to get help because she's just not with us. Yeah. And you can see it in her daughters. We've talked a little bit about her daughters before in her other seasons, I don't think it's very productive to, you know, mom shame because she just clearly is not a good parent. Everybody knows it. And that's kind of the beginning and end of it. But she struggled a lot with parenting. And by parenting, we mean not parenting her two teenage girls who were absolutely wild. Yeah, her parenting style, again, not to judgment on it because I'm not a parent Same, and, yeah. but like it's very relaxed and I know just me personally I would not have thrived in that environment growing up so it's tough to watch kind of the repercussions of what that type of parenting style is with her daughters and their particular needs and I feel like you really see that this season in particular with Alexa because mm -hmm. Alexa is really rebelling and you and you see her and Lynn's dynamic and it's just really hard like she calls her mom the b word and it's just really tough and this is also kind of where Gretchen comes in because Gretchen also sees this 
And at a certain point, takes Lynn's daughter, Alexa, out shopping to kind of talk with her. And be nice. And be nice. I, I believed that. I think it was partially good PR, but I believed she actually cared. Here, Okay, this is talking about Gretchen a little bit yes. and part of my issue with her. I thought it was sweet, but I did find myself asking, why do this on camera? That's this, a good point. That's a good point. She is 16 years old. If you are concerned about her mental health, why do this on camera? I mean, I understand the notion of like we're filming our lives, but I felt like... That's fair. I don't know. I just, I don't know. So it did, I was a little, I don't know. That's fair. It felt weird to like stop and be like, I know that you've told me that you've been really depressed lately. Yeah. If she never did that and it was just the shopping trip, okay, whatever. And the reason I bring that up too is because that wasn't the only moment with Gretchen, which when we get to her, we'll talk about it this season that I found myself asking, why are we doing this on camera? Because she needed a distraction from her storyline and all of the slayed child support stuff was coming out. And not even just a distraction. I think she wanted to look a certain way. You know, yeah. and that makes me sad, but I just think she was concerned. But I think there's a level of concern where you still care about how you're looking to do this on camera, and there's a level of concern to do this completely privately yeah. with a minor. You know what I mean? And yeah. something so sensitive. So that's what I have trouble with. So Gretchen took her out to this, you know, shopping trip and was talking with her and checking on her and seeing if she was okay. She can tell she's depressed. She doesn't want her to, you know, end up getting pregnant or on drugs or anything like that. And Alexa goes home and tells Lynn and tells her and is like, why? Why did, you know, basically like, why did Gretchen do this? So Lynn is now feeling some type of way because she feels like her parenting is being called into question. And to be fair to Lynn, when she and Gretchen have confrontation, her parenting is called into question. Yeah. So it just sends us on a spiral with Gretchen and Lynn that I completely forgot about. Right. Lynn immediately goes on the defensive and... You know, f whoever's right, I don't really know. She just chooses both. To, They're she, both yeah, a little right, I think. She just chooses to misunderstand Gretchen on purpose. I think it's her insecurity. I think she obviously, especially having all of her stuff aired out in the show last year, has insecurities when it comes to how she mothers and being a mother and she's raising teenage daughters and I'm sure that's not easy. So, and here Gretchen is, this young, perky, blonde, bubbly, doesn't have any children and is now telling her how to parent. I'm sure Frustrating. she feels some type of way. And I mean, she, one of the main storylines this season was Lynn and uh, Raquel, her older daughter, by older I mean 19, it's not like she's that much older, getting mommy and me plastic surgery and going through plastic surgery recovery together. As like a bonding experience. As a too. bond experience that was one of the most heartbreaking things to me this season it kind of reminded me of the pain that we got from Lindsay from Tammy's daughter a couple of seasons ago where she feels so out of control within her own family she feels uncomfortable in Orange County and she feels like everyone is kind of conforming to Orange County but she's not now I think Alexa was a brat and definitely dramatic and would cry on command to get sympathy but that scene when she found out Raquel was getting a nose job and her mother was getting a facelift and that was going to be that she made it at first seem like she was upset she wasn't getting plastic surgery um, you know I'm sure part of it was that too but she was just like we're changing everything is changing everything is changing and ran to the bathroom and cried and I just felt bad because I, I, I there was so much more to it and we're also putting everything on Lynn it's also on Frank her husband it's a it, they're both parents in the home and they're both they both have a similar parenting style yeah they're just I don't know they're not there so, <laughs> don't know how else to say it they're just very laid back which sounds yeah. more casual which sounds very casual when we just say it but yeah. like when you apply it to every aspect of parenthood that can 
that adds up. You this know? is the famous season where Alexa goes out partying and she leaves after her parents tell her not to go on curfew. And she's like, I'm just going to go. They're not going to ground me anyway. Like sometimes I wish they would ground me. I would love some rules. The way my mother oh, no. <laughs> would have <laughs> never read- found milk carton. <laughs> It read me to filth, no. and I'm that's the polite on the podcast version. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't have been cute. But what I will say is, all of this gave us the opportunity to meet youthologist Vanessa Van Petten, which that name <laughs> oh, god, Vanessa Van Petten is that not a drag queen name? That- <laughs> it is not a real name. It really- It was incredible and brought this young, her title was youthologist to help, you know, them connect with Raquel and Alexa and to figure it all out. And it was just, I only bring her up because I thought her name was so iconic. Yeah. Um, And that's, that's that on that. Um, (laughs) No, but the biggest moment really for Lynn and her family this season came in the form of an eviction notice. On camera. On camera, camera is outside of Lynn's home. They're following this man coming up to the front door. He knocks. Um, Raquel is on the other side, and she cracks the door open, sees the camera crew, shuts the door, and then opens it up again. This is, looks like it's early in the morning. Like She looks like she maybe just got up, and he slides the envelope through the door and says, here's an eviction notice. Wow. And she's just mortified. She clearly has just woken up or something or just wasn't ready. Or she and Alexa were on the couch. Yeah. Just like, it's probably a Saturday or Friday morning, (laughs) like whatever it is. It's just the two girls. And Alexa knows that the camera or they're allowed to come into the house. They have permission to enter the home. So she can't necessarily kick them out. So she's calling her mom while flipping off the camera, thinking it's going to ruin the shot. It's Bravo. They're just going to blur your finger. It was, But it did blur her face, which yeah. probably was probably some of her attention. And I was smiling watching that, though, because I was like, OK, Raquel. Yeah. This was her Bravo, Bravo, fucking Bravo It moment. really was. <laughs> it really was. She walked so Denise could run. Uh, yeah, that was really sad and hard to watch. And then... Lynn and her husband Frank go through it. Lynn doesn't really want to be with Frank because she feels like, I mean, she doesn't feel like he lied to her. He wanted to hide all of the family debt from her. And it ended up screwing them. It is insane to me. The reason they got evicted, apparently per him, who knows what the actual story was, was because of $10,000. And Lynn was like, you could have told me my my business is making money. I could have given some of that money to you. We could, And it was just sad. That's you the know? thing that was tough is it, like obviously the eviction. Obviously you could tell when Lynn was talking about it in her confessional that she was like, I would have given anything for me to get that notice and not my daughters having to go mm-hmm. through that. But it really felt like it was the sense of betrayal that Frank had kept all of this stuff from her. And I f- could feel that coming from her. And that's what made me the most sad. Same. It was just sad all around. Just a sad story. And it also got her to the point of admitting, like, she was like, there's been a pattern of living beyond our means. That's our MO. And to hear her say it that way, I was like, oh, it's like sinking in yeah. the point that they're at. And I mean, another sad thing, too, was the way that we ended the show was with uh, the girls showing up at that party that I loved so much, the finale party. And I'm like, maybe this is why they don't have them anymore. The girls showed up absolutely wasted. Alexa and Raquel are both underage. And they're trying to order a martini, which I'm like, girl, you're 16. I didn't drink a martini until I was in my 30s. I was like, (laughs) wow. 
But uh, it it was just hard to watch because she's like, the girls got into something they shouldn't have. They were way on the other end of the limo. And it's like, what? Yeah. A limo is inherently small. I I don't. It's it's sad. And everybody being like, your daughters are drunk. And Frank's like, what? It it was hard to watch. And also also Slade going up to Frank and making a point of telling him. Because also in this, the Lynn-Gretchen feud, like at some point, they have dinner with it's Frank, Lynn, Gretchen, and Slade. And Slade is just like, we'll talk about him in a second. But Slade is just like very opinionated and very like bold in his statements and was like really coming at Lynn kind of hard. Yeah. And I felt like he was doing a similar thing in the finale, making it a point to go up to Frank and be like, your daughters are, I don't know, just like reveling in that a little bit. Reveling's maybe not the word, but you know what I mean. Slade had so, maybe this is us transitioning to Gretchen, but Slade had such a bad season and he had so few things that he could actually hold over people's heads because he was just always in the wrong. Nobody wanted him there. He knew nobody wanted him there. He was a deadbeat dad, according to the press and a lot of other people. And he was just kind of hanging out at Gretchen's house. He just, he looked like a leech and he knew it. One of the few things he could do was pile on Lynn and Frank. Yeah. Let's talk about Gretchen. Let's talk about Gretchen. And Slade. (laughs) Birds of a basic feather. What did you think when you saw that at the beginning of the season? Look, I didn't like it. My stomach turned. I remember the first time that I watched it, I was like, no. Because, of course, flashbacks to Joe. Flashbacks to him. And it's the worst version of him because he's just not working now. I mean, which is sad. I'm not trying to, you know, shame him for not working. But he was just always around doing nothing and making weird faces and weird inside jokes with Gretchen. And he brought out a really annoying side to her. I will say Gretchen genuinely seems happy with Slade. I don't think that it's just all for show because it's embarrassing. And when she kept saying at the finale party to to um, Lori, he's a catch. He's a catch. I'm like, no one believes that. And if you say it out loud a million times, it's not going to be true. Like, I think the thing with them is like Slade is not unattractive. Like they're both beautiful people. Sure. Whatever. And I feel like here's my thing with Gretchen this season is I was really annoyed by her a lot of the time, quite Mm -hmm. frankly. And I didn't remember being this annoyed with her, but like literally at one point I wrote down, you couldn't pay me real American dollars to be the producer who volunteered to do Gretchen's interviews. Because like every time she laughed, I don't know. At herself. Exactly. And it made me realize though, she feels a bit emotionally stunted Like, is that rude? No, because I think that the age that you get famous or the Mm -hmm. age that you sort of shift into a person who gets attention, that's kind of the age that you stop growing. Yeah, and Slade also feels a little emotionally stunted. So I think that's why they're together and that's why they work. Yes. You know, but oh my goodness, it made for, it made, uh, it was hard for me to watch sometimes. It was also very one note. My favorite part about Gretchen was her very cute dogs that look like meerkats to me. Wow, he made a face. Famously, Xavier hates animals. Uh, Excuse you. I will not tolerate the lies. <laughs> Go tell it on the mountain. It's How true. How dare you? Uh, that is not true. I like some animals. Just kidding. He likes some. Emphasis on some. Underline some. She reads me as I take a sip of my sparkling <laughs> cider. How dare you? <laughs> I loved her joking about Slade, though. You know, Slade jokes about being poor because he is poor. <laughs> that really made me laugh. Um, and then, again, I don't think she's funny. I didn't think any of her jokes were funny, but... She, I don't know, she seemed okay this season, and I don't think she's a bad person. I think everybody, I'm not trying to defend her. She's just like a fart in the wind to me. I don't really care. I feel like the only place she can be defended for me when it comes to Tamara this season, because everything else I was kind of just like, she wasn't even 
I don't even have a, a lot when it comes to her this season to yeah. talk about. Yeah. Because it didn't feel like she was super in the mix. The one other thing I talked, I hinted at it earlier that I was like, oh, why is this happening on camera? A little less so than the Alexa, because this was when she went to see Jeff's kids. And I understand touching base and letting the audience touch base with that because it was such a big thing last year. And I think that's fair. But there is something about that being the first time she has seen them since the funeral that made me, I don't know. I was just like, and it wasn't like maliciously like, why is this on camera? But it was the first flicker of like, Hmm. interesting, you know? You understand what Tamara and Vicky are I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to say that. (laughs) I understand Tamara saying that she's fake when things like that happen. I don't agree with her. I think that she takes it to the extreme. Tamara does way more than Gretchen does of this. I just don't see Tamara's side a lot with the accusations of Gretchen. That was one of those moments where I'm like, why is this on camera? You know? Yeah, well, for me, that wasn't even... It was, why is it on camera? But not necessarily... Okay. For why me, is it on camera after all this time? After all this time. Yeah. I was like, why hasn't she seen them privately? Yes. That, yeah, that did give me pause. For sure. Um, uh, one thing I thought was interesting, and I couldn't remember... If she talked about, did she talk about her struggles with bulimia last season? I don't remember that. She mentioned it uh, just briefly this season. And I thought that was really interesting. And I I, th- I think it was in relation to being worried about Alexa yes. and, and, you know, how things can just potentially spiral. And I, not that I want people to talk about their trauma, but I did appreciate her allowing us that moment to connect with her in that yeah. way. And I just couldn't remember if she had talked about that before. I didn't remember if she did, but yeah, that's one of those moments where I'm like, was she actually being genuine with Alexa? But probably not. Similar. I think she was being, I think your instincts was correct earlier. Like, I do think it was sweet and I do think it probably came from a good place. It's just like the back end of that of being like, why is it on camera? That makes you wonder. But I think both things can be true. Yeah. Similarly, not even similarly, like there was another moment of vulnerability this season that I really appreciated. And it was when she, you know, teared up about Brianna's potential cancer diagnosis. And I was like, oh, and she tried to hide from the camera behind Vicky. And like one could argue she was trying to make a moment, but something about it felt like it maybe triggered her a little bit. And I thought that was interesting. My instinct was to be like, ew, why are you making this about you? But Brianna would have commented on it, I think, if she felt that. I and think she, Vicky would have too. And they yes. both, yeah, she exactly. She hid from the camera. She didn't want to make a whole, And it was very know, quiet, yeah. you know? Um, so I thought that was really interesting yeah. and kind of touching. Yep. The one other Gretchen thing that I just want to mention, it's kind of in relation to Slade, uh, and it happens at the reunion, that I just found fascinating is the fact that Gretchen technically owns Joe's music. What? What? And like, whenever the others called out and they were like, or I think Vicky might have said it, she was like, that feels influenced by Slade. I was like, it had to have been. Like, that is so wild to me for some no, reason. Actually, and a little it icky. wasn't. It wasn't. It was icky, though, to give her credit, she hadn't brought it up until the reunion. She's like, I haven't really talked about it. She did bring it up at the reunion, so it's not like she gets points for not talking about it. But yeah, I I, I was like, oh, thank God she didn't have a singing career. I can't take one more. <laughs> with Kim, I can't do another one. Stop it. Yeah, it's too much at the same time. And it was just funny, also, Andy taking taking Slade to task a little bit too when Slade was like you know the point was you should remember after the second season of the show I made the decision to no longer continue with Housewives and Andy was like 
well, Joe is no longer a housewife. There'd be no place for you on the show. And I was like, thank goodness someone said it. Thank God Andy cleared Slade because nobody really had done it that season yeah. because Slade doesn't allow himself to be like run bull- over, bulldozed over. He was just to have the last annoying word. But Andy was like, okay, after he finished it, reading him. Andy was like, not here. No. <laughs> and I think he... You can tell Andy does not like Slade, and that cracks me up. It's pretty rare that we see cracks with Andy like that, and yeah. I, you can tell he does not like him. Also, a, a little tiny thing, and I don't know if you caught this or if I made this up, but at Gretchen's Tupperware party, was that the infamous Sarah in attendance? Oh, I don't know. There was <gasps> someone named Sarah, and I was like, is this she ate my bow off the cake, Sarah? We got to go in d- on a deep dive and find I out. I think it could have been. So that was just like a fun little... Was Gretchen at Heather's thing, though? Yeah. Oh, my God. I forgot that they intersect. Yeah. But yeah, so like, look for, like, go back and watch that. I will, I, I will. feel like it could be the Sarah. Oh, okay, okay. I also could be wrong. I, could, I very clearly remember her face for some reason. We could be coming into the next episode. I might have to do uh, I Said What I Said Correction. and What I Said with some bullshit <laughs> <laughs> segment. Um, but yeah, so... Do we want to talk about Alexis? Let's talk about Alexis. I have to start and say something. I did not like Alexis in my recollection. This little smug smile that is spreading across Xavier's face right now. I thought you were going to say, because I advocate, had been, are you going to, I thought you were going to say the me advocating recent times and you coming around in that way. It was. So on the newer seasons of Orange County, Everyone was like, they should bring back an older housewife, an OG housewife. Who are they going to bring back? And Xavier dared to say to my face, Alexis (laughs) Bellino. Now, I grew up with a lot of Alexis Bellinos in my day in the Inland Empire. And I was so triggered and turned off by her. And I hate the word triggered, but I was. I really, I was blinded by rage when I first watched her season. So I didn't really understand where he was coming from. After wearing me down for months, Stop it. I don't know what my moment was that clicked, but I'm like, she's a really good housewife. Yeah. And I think I monologued to you one day. You did. You did. One day, many days. But I was like, I would like her to be back on the show because of, you know, some things that have been going on in her life currently, I would be interested in knowing about. Back then, I'm like, oh God, I'm not looking forward to digging this up. I enjoyed the hell out of Alexis. She, I didn't even remember how, like, I, okay, I use this word lightly, but grounded. Yeah. There's one aspect she wasn't, yes. but another aspect, she was very grounded yeah, in I a way that I did not remember. Yes. I think she becomes more head in the cloud. But for yeah. this season, she was feet firmly planted. Yeah. I love that. I did too. She, I mean, she is who she is. Let's not get it twisted. She's still in this weird marriage. She's still very subservient, but I think she knows what to get out of this marriage. And we find, I mean, you hear that in the tone of voice she had when she talks about, you know, Jim, her husband, which we'll introduce both of them. They both have been married before. This is their second marriages and both of them wanted kids. Um, And they, I don't know if Jim had other kids from other marriages, but I don't think so. They both wanted kids. Jim was older and their motto, as we said before, our motto is divorce is not an option. Okay, that's your motto. But <laughs> they are a very, very religious um, Christian couple. Um, Jim made it clear he comes from, well, his excuse was that he comes from an Armenian Latino background. And that's the reason why he's super traditional. And it's like, don't make excuses. You're just controlling. And 
our classic, his classic thing is we're traditional family, traditional family. I hate when people say that. It's like, I enjoy controlling my wife. We're codependent. That's what it is. Yeah. And I think Alexis has, knows what it's like to have nothing. She knows what it's like to live in the middle of nowhere and to not get what she wants. Anytime they showed a photo of her growing oh up. Oh my God. Loved it. And loved her mom too. Loved her mom. A lot mom. of good Orange County moms. One of my favorite things, like to sub- describe Alexis growing up and like who she became, one of my favorite things was when her mom says, when Alexis was in high school, she didn't want to walk because her hair might smell like air. <laughs> I was like, that's such a good, the reason she was so good, I feel, is because she's just a good housewife. Like she's a good archetype on the show. Mm-hmm. And she wasn't, she was someone who wasn't afraid to stand up to Vicky, whether she was right or wrong. Like Vicky's the, at that point was the last remaining OG. And she wasn't afraid to like look her in the face and say how she felt. Which in years, you know, as the years go on, people become more and more scared to do that. And Alexis never was. Yeah. And I really appreciated that. I forgot. Exactly. And even the thing I thought was interesting, too, is even though she spoke about how their motto is, you know, we don't believe in divorce or whatever. But she still had like the this is so small and so specific. But the fact that she added, like, unless he cheats on me or my husband beats me, (laughs) I will still be married. And I was like, she's fascinating. Alexis is fascinating and being like the way she cares about her body and like the way (laughs) she looks when she's having dinner with her mom (laughs) and she's like I just want one more bite of bread and takes the smallest bite of bread I've ever seen in my entire life oh my god she ordered a skinny girl margarita yes and I was like ooh, she was a fan of the show before she got on oh absolutely Mm -hmm. it is her whole thing was little bites that she's constantly talking about how she's not eating and it's like usually that's like someone is like oh you know i'm not like tamra is like i'm not gonna eat for the summer whatever Mm -hmm. alexis and her food was really hard to watch because it's just like that's i understand when people are like reality tv is bad yeah because i just want the smallest tiniest bite just the tiniest 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 bite is seared into my brain it was literally like i remember y'all can't see me but i (laughs) i remember with jim when she was at when he was uh getting the seafood tower or whatever and then she was having a little tiny bite of whatever she she acts like it's because she doesn't like the food and i believe that part of it is that but she's not eating and it was so it was like this it was funny it was not okay obviously anorexia is horrible Mm -hmm. but it was i was like why are you making so many jokes about not eating in such a confident way yeah i don't know her being like if I had a donut I'd kick myself in the butt for two to three days because I had a donut and I was like girl if I I'd be kicked I'd still be kicking myself yeah <laughs> I would I would do nothing but kick myself no, in that I, instance I love a donut honey it is of course from like a comedic perspective a lot of this is funny but it's an obvious struggle with like body and self-image what, and I, I mean, imagine being in Orange County oh mm-hmm. and the, she was such a, you said like she's a good example of that archetype of housewife she is a great example of that white wealthy religious trying to be like pseudo fundamentalist type housewife it was not on the show before that because a lot of them will like name check god and do things like that she went to those churches those non-denominational churches she you can tell that her and jim made it okay for themselves to go on the show or told themselves the reason that they're going is to shine god's light and to invite people to church and so jim a couple of times brought up inviting people to church. They had their pastor and pastor's wife that over. That was one of my favorite moments. Oh, yeah, I, the, do you know, I know exactly what you're moment, The moment with Frank <laughs> when it's at the finale party and Jim and Frank are talking and Jim is like, you know, I, I'd love for you guys to go to, go to church with us. And Frank <laughs> is like, do they have donuts after? 
And Jim's like, Krispy Kremes. Cackled. So funny. Yeah, they're they're a very interesting couple. I mean, so Alexis has three kids under three. Brave. Living, oh man, living the dream uh, with a nanny who's just constantly around her. More brave. The oh nanny. my God. I also love Vicky being like, why does she need four nannies? She doesn't work. Watch your children. Spend time with your children. It is so funny to me. And I mean, I didn't love Jim poking fun at her or being mean to her and being like, oh, your life is so hard. Hair's a nail. And the, and she's like, I didn't do anything with my hair, hair today. And I didn't do anything with my nails today. And then Cut to woke up at 5 a.m. just to do her hair before he woke up. Oh, my God. <laughs> and then the working out constantly. It's a lot of pressure, I'm sure. And you could just tell that she is nervous to lose him as a husband. That moment. That moment at the party. Talk about it. That is, is it the Tupperware party? It's at the yeah. Tupperware party. And we don't even really see what happened. We just get the aftermath of, a, allegedly, this woman was leaning up on Jim or on the chair Jim was on or in multiple times. I don't know, but Alexis was giving her the business and was like, it's disrespectful for you to touch my husband like that. That's so inappropriate. And it was just like, and it was like, she was really intense about it too. And everyone at the party, even Gretchen was like, I've never seen this side of her. Yeah. And yeah, that's just very much who she is. It's like, don't touch my man. Like, I don't know. She's just such a, I don't know. It's fascinating. I mean, that's classic her. We don't see a lot of that this season because she's still very put together and not really engaging in the game unless somebody throws you know the first shot at her first dart at her she's not going to be the one to go after somebody something that i loved her trip to the marriott with jim where they first met Mm -hmm. that was again it was like a courtyard marriott which is a great hotel it is fancy to a lot of people including me hello we love a marriott we do but it was like to compare the show now to then and it was like we went to like a standard courtyard marriott heather dubray would never heather it was just so funny like going it's so beautiful here and it literally just looked like a run of the mill like a stock photo it was a little pretty it was no it was but i'm just saying it was nice and there's that like lake outside but Mm -hmm. she made it seem like it was this magical destination yeah then she didn't eat at dinner and then she you and her food i'm sorry it drives me crazy because it i can't imagine what like it's just it would have been such a bad example to set for young people watching the show back then i didn't even i don't i had eating like, things when i, I was noticed, little and i know that i would have clocked that when i was younger. i noticed same i i noticed the like a joke or two but i don't think i noticed as much i was maybe. Ups- i think because i could tell that she was hungry <laughs> I mean, probably, but I could just tell she's obsessed with maintaining the way that she looked, maintaining Jim Mm -hmm. and keeping her status and that she had worked really hard to get to where she wants. I think that's what I honed in on more. It's just like the overall uh, idea of projecting perfection. Yes, Yes, for sure. Whether it be her, her food or her hair or her nails. I mean, you said it best. This is the thing that completely encapsulates Alexis perfectly for me was the sad montage that we had of her life in, was it Missouri, Um, where she was having a really hard time being too pretty Mm. and too girly. And that was her. A lot of people, I lost my father when I was younger. I, you know, had a really hard time getting bullied, whatever her was. I was just too cute for wherever the fuck she was from. That's Alexis. I think think it's either Missouri or Wisconsin. Oh, it might be Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. Whatever it is, it's hilarious. I was like, that's her. That's her back journey. Listen. Vicky, I had uh, 800 surgeries before I turned 20. My daughter might have cancer. I could literally compare it to all the other ones here. I was too pretty for Missouri. Alexis is one who's going to give and give and give. Yes. Should we talk about, last but not least? A hundred percent. Gina. 
Gina. I was so sad to see her go. So Gina started the season and much like Lori, uh, only a few episodes in the show, I think you mentioned it was three episodes. She's like, I'm done with the women. There is clearly a culture shift with the Orange County housewives and Gina doesn't feel like she has a place there anymore. There was during the recession where Gina is struggling so hard, they're going shopping for lingerie at some party and Gina already isn't going to be comfortable in that environment. She's mentioned having like self-image issues especially around the women and there's also this big elephant in the room with Vicky and with Gina and Vicky I didn't really feel like it was right of her to bring it up I thought it was kind of mean especially it kind of felt like kicking someone when they're down which doesn't really feel like Vicky yeah but maybe she was getting ahead of it thinking that Gina was going to talk bad about her this season but uh what we heard from Vicky and unfortunately she was telling Tamara Gina had called her a while before the show started filming a couple of weeks before and asked to borrow some money and Vicky doesn't believe in understandably in lending money to friends and she said no and then Gina never talked to her after that now I can understand Gina not talking to her because she might have been embarrassed especially knowing Vicky she probably didn't have the most gentle delivery you know but uh the thing Gina said after that too though like adding another little piece she was like and she knew I was struggling with real estate and she switched hers to another girlfriend she's like that's her choice it's just a little bit like okay there's a character issue there yeah so I think it was both those things maybe what was it last season or I'm sorry maybe even the first season where she said "Uh, me and Frank you're the same I'll give you my shirt the shirt off my back and Vicky will sell it to you mm-hmm. that's that it's that vibe yeah and Gina for everything that she is because she can be mean she can be petty she can lie all this stuff but Gina is a generous person in her friendship and in other ways in life and I'm sure Vicky in her own way is but I did totally feel Gina when she said that I'm like the thing that's interesting too though is you know after Vicky gets ganged up on in San Francisco who is the person that she runs to yeah Gina has left the show at this point but she comes back for a couple cameos and one of them was to you know sit down with Vicky after this moment that Vicky had with all the other ladies and Vicky was kind of remorseful just being like you know Tamara didn't have her back but she knows that Gina would have had her back and I thought that was interesting and a nice just even whether that's true or not, I liked getting that little flicker of what their friendship used to be. I mean, Gina so clearly represents the old Orange County Housewives. And honestly, every single series of Real Housewives, the old version of what it used to be, where only light drama, very family focused, a lot more of like an observational camera versus like moving the game forward and putting yourself out there. So I'm sure, I mean, that was when Vicky was starting to feel kind of sad about the direction things were moving in. Yeah. So. I liked that she went back there, even though I thought it was very mean that at their little sleepover, they TP'd her house. That was just a mess. Oh my of God. course, it was Tamara's idea. Of course, it was Tamara's idea. Rude. I just, you know, I appreciate Gina for what she brought to the show. You know, she was a staple of Orange County. And when she left, what she said is, I deserve better. I, I want to be around people who value my company and who like me. And I want that for her as well. And didn't you love that last scene with her kids? I surrounded by your children. Did you tear up? Of, no, but I, I really did love it. You know what scene I also love was Queen Kara in the finale party cheering up Alexa. Yeah. I was I love her so much. Yeah. And my favorite car moment hasn't even come yet. So like we're not gonna get the last of yeah. these two. Like we'll see them more. But I will miss Gina for Me sure. Me too, as a full-time housewife, for sure. Absolutely. Okay, those Ooh. are those are the wives, honey. Those are the wives, honey. If you're still with us, <laughs> <laughs> we appreciate your service. Underrated moments. Underrated moments. Uh, 
Do you want me to start? Do you want to start? You start. Okay, I'll start. So mine, I'm, I feel like I'm about to say something that I, you like too. Oh, you think it's going to be the same one, but um, I have one that's especially my favorite. If you say that one, I'll be upset. No, okay. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so it is after Lynn's party. Okay. In the limo, Vicky and Don, Vicky is leaving crying. And Don is like, these people are not our friends. And Vicky's like, they all picked on me. And then Don is starting to realize that Vicky is thinking that maybe he should have stood up for her. And he's like, what did you want me to do, Vic? And then Vicky goes, kick his ass. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. <laughs> this isn't high school. She, It was like she had reverted to childhood Vicky. Yeah. Kick his ass. Huh? You wanted Don, who's in his 50s, to attack another man? It was, it was great. It was great. Quintessential Vicky. That wasn't the one I was scared you were going to take. Okay, okay. Okay, one of my underrated moments is at the cooking party. Oh. And Lynn is wielding a knife in her hand, and Tamron says in her confessional, are you kidding me? I'm very afraid of Lynn with a knife. I'm afraid of Lynn without a knife. <laughs> Oh, I love that you had a Lynn moment, too. Oh, man. She was out of it. She, didn't she say, oh, the medicine's kicking in? Like, oh, Lynn. That can, like, Tamara, that was perfect. That was perfect. Uh, another one, sorry to repeat myself, but Vicky. And it's, I know, you're, you're a Vicky stan, and you just won't admit it. It was her um, talking about being able to buy things. and this is. A, I thought you were going to say something else. Go ahead. See, if somebody says money doesn't matter, they're poor. <laughs> I was... Sir, wait, this could be one you're still going to say. Go ahead. Don't. I thought for sure you were going to say, it's Vicky calling Jim a smelly dork. <laughs> oh, my God. That That's the, up there. At the reunion, she said she didn't remember saying. I, don't, I think I was talking about my shoes. <laughs> didn't she? Like, she goes, Don and I rolled up the bed laughing when we saw that. I don't think I said that about him. I think I was talking about my shoes. <laughs> who, who? What? Okay, so another one. Okay, my second underrated moment is uh, a Gina moment, naturally. And it's at the reunion. And Andy's, <laughs> Gina, no. Andy's like, the implication is that Tamara's white trash. And Gina goes, oh, no, are you? <laughs> I have it on you. I love that. It was a great exit for Gina. It was a great exit for Gina. And, and I liked I, Gina like kind of leaving on top and having one over Tamara. Well, it also sets the stage a it little bit for stuff does. to come too. It certainly does. Okay. Um, my last one is Alexis. And it's uh, after Jim has accused her of having such a hard life of going to the beauty salon and the gym and the tanning salon and balancing the kids. And she's really mad. And this is just a partial quote. You have to find the perfect balance between taking care of yourself and being self-absorbed. And so I really struggle with that. <laughs> Yeah. It speaks for itself. Oh, my goodness. Okay, wow. Okay. My last one, it's so tiny. It's a Vicky moment. And it's just her making a comparison that's perfect for Vicky. She's like, marriage is like this. It's like the stock market. <laughs> There's ups and downs. <laughs> I was like, that is... So Vicky. Victoria Gunvalson so in a nutshell. Yes. Okay. So should we talk about the awards for this season? Yes, let's do let's it. Let's talk about the awards. <laughs> um, so Xavier, this season, who was your center orange? Well, I did say I disagreed with you earlier when you were like Tamara was fitting when yes. at the top of the show. And I understand why Tamara was the center orange. Absolutely. I only think one other person could have taken it. And it's the person that I am choosing. And that is Vicki Gundelson. Okay. Vicki was my MVP. She was my center orange. Great. 
I she was in every story. <laughs> she was. It's really hard to choose between her and Tamara, yeah. honestly. It's both for me. I mean, I, I you could say Tamara, but Vicky was in literally every story. I mean, so was Tamara. Yeah. But it was led by Vicky, so I'll have to agree with you for sure. Who was your people's princess? That's hard. Yeah. That is really hard. I think I know mine. I can go first if you want go me first. to. I think my people's princess was also Vicky. Okay, that's fair. I really, this was a great, it was a great season for Vicky and Tamara. Tamara's was a little heavier, so I think, you know, I view a People's Princess as someone who I kind of consider my favorite, and that was Vicky Gunvalson for me. Controversial, maybe. I feel like my People's Princess was Tamara, because- I don't think that's controversial. I think that it was, because I'm thinking about, in the, I think of People's Princess in a slightly different way, obviously, of like- how, who helped us relate to the show the most? I feel like a lot of people who watch Housewives maybe feel trapped in their lives for whatever reason. And I do feel like for all of the chaos that Tamara brought and all the things she talked about her marriage, maybe she did help somebody by being open with it. Same as Vicky, obviously, but I liked how open and vulnerable she was and she was still a friend to people and you could tell that she was still so concerned about her little kids and that's why she stayed in that marriage for so long so yeah for being so open with all her struggles i have to say it was tamra who was your villain that's again a hard one because i feel like it's so early for villains for all these franchises i mean it might also be tamra yeah that's interesting yeah i mean that's fair i put okay my first and foremost villain doesn't count obviously simon <laughs> Simon Sorry, is the villain of yes. the season. We need to remember we can do people other. Well, by we, but we, we always mean. try to pick a wife too, yes. and I think that's fair. Like yeah. pick someone from the main cast. But Simon, through and through, villain of the season. Agreed. For my own personal villain, weirdly enough, was Gretchen. Okay. And that, and this is a looser term of villain since I really think Simon is through and through the villain of the season. Gretchen was just my personal villain because I just had trouble watching her, and. The stuff with Lynn left a bad taste in my mouth. And so, yeah, I, I had to go with Gretchen. And because it, it was hard for me, I couldn't really classify Vicky as a villain. Tamara, sure, there's an argument to be made for Tamara, and I could get on board with that. But for me, I think it was Gretchen. Can I change my answer to Slade? <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> for obvious reasons we don't need to go into. but So Slade, but of the women, it would be Tamara? Yeah, I think so. I think that's fair. Do I regret saying Gretchen? Do you no, think that's a I understand where no, stand in your convictions. Well, no, I get I'm not it. listen, if I have a strong conviction, I'll stand on it. But I also am woman enough to admit sometimes when I'm not hundred percent sure. Like, yeah, I think Gretchen, but I also hear the argument. It's same for you with the MVPs. Like I hear the Tamara argument. Yeah, look, in the upcoming seasons, there are such clear villains clear. that we will long even, for but these even days last season when of OC. Even yes. season four of OC, there was such a clear villain. Yeah. Um Okay. But yeah. My God, what an episode. What an episode. So, picture it. You're a Bravo executive. I'm picturing it. I'm drinking my You're Starbucks. walking to your car. I just made an assistant cry. We're on different pages. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, sure. You're drinking your Starbucks. You made an assistant cry. You're walking to your car. You made that assistant cry because you said you were supposed to make some decisions for the network today about the cast next season, and yet there were no headshots on your desk, and you are exhausted, and you are going home. You are... Clicking your car and unlocking it when an assistant sweaty flannel breezing in the wind as they sprint towards you with some messy headshots <laughs> that are printed in black and white because they didn't have time to go to the good printer. <laughs> <laughs> they put them in front of you and they say, Allie, just real quick and I'll send the email out tonight. I promise. Hired or tired? Who are you bringing back for season six? You ready? Say them at the same time. I'm I'm ready. Gretchen. Hired. hired. Vicky. Hired. hired. 
Gina already left, so. Yeah. Um, Alexis hired. hired. Lynn, tired. tired. It's Lynn's time. It's Lynn's time. She had two seasons. Take care we of We gave family. her her sophomore season. Yes. It's probably best to work some of this out off camera. Um, Tamara, hired. hired. Great. Same page. Yeah. Um, okay. That's our episode. And if you'd like to follow us on socials, you can follow us on Instagram at Housewives Theory or on Twitter at HW Theory. And let us know your hot takes because we would love to hear them. Next week, we will be talking about Real Housewives of New York season three. Oh, my God. Arguably one of the best Housewives seasons. Of all time. Arguably. Uh, most quoted. Brought up today. I. It's 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 going to be good. It's going to be a good oh, one, folks. Very okay. And, and now, now we've, we've said, said it. it. Bye. Bye. Bye.